Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Mark Bell's Power Project Podcast. Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by our homies at Free Sleeve. You know, the funny thing is the other day I was looking up LeBron James recovery because, you know, how that guy spends millions of dollars on his body. Mm-hmm. And I saw pictures of like ice packs on his knees. What like it's doing? like ice plastic bags around his knees. I thought he was the best. I thought he was the best. But, you know, the funny thing is like the Free Sleeve, it's this uh, latex free ice sleeve that you can literally put on your elbows. You can put it on your knees. And it's so dope because after a training session, I go home, I do my thing. I pull the Free Sleeve out of the freezer, put it on my knees, put it on my elbows, walk around, do my nightly routine. I'm not stuck sitting down with stuff on my knees and elbows. I take it off. I feel great. I go to sleep. It's perfect. So what you're saying is you don't ice your body the way it caveman would do it back in the day pro athletes these days man shame on them <laughs> you guys need to upgrade your ice packs right now by heading over to freesleeve.com that's f-r-e-e-z-e-s-l-e-e-v-e.com at checkout enter promo code power 25 for 25 percent off your order and free domestic shipping for us to start the show right matt okay. dude i've got the whole thing okay good i'm i got it all dialed in Wait, legit, he's going to freestyle? No, that would be sick, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> Imagine if he did. I was like, wait, what? Imagine if he did. He's like, whoa. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he is. I mean, no, I don't I do, yeah. He's full uh, of surprises. Yeah. But I don't know if there's anything like that. I'll come, I'll come ready with one for next time, dude. I'll yeah, there you go. It's like, one. what are you guys teaching over there? At the academy? <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's, dude, it's all freestyle over there. Absolutely. That'd be wait, sick. Are we rocking and rolling? We're rolling and rocking. <laughs> all right. All right, Matt. So uh, I got an opportunity to go visit your place. I don't know how to say your last name, so I need to. Dude, I don't either. Um, we say Baudreau. is it French or something? It's What's going on? French, dude. Yeah, is it? we say Baudreau, which is super California it up. You know? It's not Boudreaux. It might be. How come there's know. not like an, an X? X? Shouldn't there be there's an X in there? Or something? An X? Dude, anytime. <laughs> so if I speak in in France or I go speak in Canada, they say it all. Wow. you know but um, they say it really nice they and you're say like, it really wow. nice maybe like, that's, that's way, awesome yeah so maybe but if anybody gets close to say it i probably is dude but if anybody gets close i just nod my head give us uh give us some of your background before we dive into this uh really really interesting school that you have uh, i know you have like an mma background you got mm-hmm. sports background some mm. working out background so give us a little bit of your background maybe where you grew up and stuff like that yeah for sure man local ish so vacaville um, and uh, so Dennis Alexio was the man in back. So if you ever seen Kickboxer, or, this right? over a little bit. Oh, so you stay in front of. Yeah, him. you bet. So Kickboxer, right with Van Dam. Oh, okay. Wow. So the guy that played his brother, I think it's that gets uh, crippled a bit. So that's my my coach. Right. So I grew up with him and and uh, kickboxing. So kickboxing was my thing growing up, and um, you know, but was a good athlete, football, basketball, all that good stuff, and uh, did the normal the normal kid stuff, and and got done with high school, and was like, cool, man. Now what? All right, I got my straight A's, but I got. I nothing, can't stop right? thinking about this Van Damme movie. <laughs> like, hold on a second. Your co- so your coach though, like you're you're after you've known your coach for a long time. You're yeah. like, this is bullshit. Like my coach, no one's crippling his spine. That's it, right. <laughs> that was the thing, dude. When we were younger, we're like we watch it. We're like, dude, kickboxer fires us up. But Dennis would have beat the shit out of both these dudes. Like, there's <laughs> right. no way. He would have killed there's everybody. There's no way. Like, screw right? Van Damme. Like, he would have crushed all these dudes, right? He was a bad dude. Um, he's a legit bad I'm pretty sure he's in prison. But uh, he's oh. legit. <laughs> I think oh. he is now. Um, but uh, but he was a stud, you know. And back then, I mean, he was he was the man to beat. So, um, but, yeah, man, you know, I did the, the normal stuff, dude. Got all my straight A's. and and uh, But got out of school, and I was like, cool, I can, I can play school. I can talk to girls. I'm a decent athlete. But that's it, right? Like, I got nothing off the world. Guess I'll go to college, dude. So I go to college and um, played the same game. So played that game, got my straight A's, and got better at girls and got better at sports. And was like, cool, I still have nothing to offer the world, you know? And so my senior year uh, 
was so I was graduating in 2002 so 2001 obviously September 11th 2001 right so that that hit and I'm like okay well I'm doing kinesiology because I like sports um, but I got no direction man so I actually applied at that point uh, and started going through the background process for secret service and that's what I was going to do. And so I went through that whole thing and was offered a job at the White House. And um, that's where I was going to go as soon as I graduated. So I ended up talking to a Secret Service agent. Um, I was going to graduate in May of 2002. So I talked to him in, it was like April. Um, and I'd already had the job offer and was like, all right, man. Uh, he's like, don't do it. Um, and there was a longer tail story on that. And he's like, you're going to sacrifice your integrity. I know you're a good dude. Like, don't do this. And I'm like, all right, cool. I will I, take I'd your imagine advice. you have to turn the other way sometimes and when you, your it. moral values are compromised and that's basically because it's laying out. you're getting paid for it right you're getting paid to do exactly that yeah dude. <laughs> and so that's kind of what he laid out so i'm like all right cool i will take your advice i won't do it and now i'm unemployed what know? exactly so, about what he said made you be like i don't want to do that i'm just kind of curious about that yeah so there was a little bit of an uh, um it, he alluded to just a, a game being played, right? And so he's like, the the everything that you're getting through mainstream media isn't all, you know, a lot of times it's just versions of the truth. I don't think it's anything that was, um, you know, anybody was unaware of, but what really hit was that he was saying, look, dude, I know you. He's known me since I was young. And he says, I know you. He's like, you you don't separate from what you believe and, and you'll have to hear, you'll have to play this game and it's an integrity thing, dude. And you're not going to dig that, Got it. you know? So it was really that man. So I trusted him and, and, um, you know, I'm glad I did. So, um, you so, were going to be like the next Jack Bauer and shit, right? Uh, Jack was going to be the first Matt Bodrum. <laughs> dude, that's the way it was going to go. Man. I love so, it. yeah. Um, so ended up pulling out of that and I had, I had met some dudes kind of in the mixed martial arts realm there, you know, I'd always kickbox, right? So I was walking in the Chico state gym right before graduation and I see these guys in there and they're wrestling around and they're, and it was kind of new at the time. It was really new at the time. There really wasn't a whole lot going on. You didn't know who could beat who kickboxing, jujitsu, no idea, wrestling. Exactly. So I see these kind of skinny little dudes and I'm like, Oh, this is cool. So I'm going to walk in there and just kind of, you know, it was just this basic mat room, dude. And so I, I just walk in and I was with my other buddy and I'm like, oh, there's some bags and stuff too. So I go over and I'm kicking the bags and, you know, show, I, I have stand up. So I'm kicking the bags and I am like, hey man, you guys, you know, do you want to roll? And there's a couple of skinny little dudes. And I'm like, sure. You know, <laughs> and just got my ass. You're handed. like, I'm yeah, going to kill like, these guys. Watch this, great. dude. Yeah. I was like, hey guys, my coach was Dennis. No, I didn't start with that. But I was like, you know, I got this dude. Got just destroyed you know got destroyed and i'm like dude this is this is awesome just like, what choked is out tapped out in every way possible right it, quickly yeah. dude quickly <laughs> and so i'm like okay i gotta i gotta see what you're doing so i end up finding out one of these guys was one of the original lions den guys uh ken shamrock's mm -hmm. whole crew right and so um that just kind of turned that on for me so i started my ground game still sucks um it's you know it's not it's not upper echelon by any stretch but i trained with him long enough and um started getting into some local fights and uh you know just kind of rolled with that for a while so it was cool man and tell actually, me about some of those local fights because i'd imagine things were probably a little sketchy back then dude, like so sketchy. are you in like an alley or something <laughs> so like, sketchy man some of these were were uh yeah kind of smokers like backyard sort of deals so like hmm. even the first like even my first fight had more uh it had some prestige around it because it was ken who was doing it ken was actually trying to start his own his own sort of deal right so he called me um, there was actually a Lions Den tryout, and and little did I know there was a league coming up called the IFL, right, which lasted for a little bit. It was kind of this team-based league, and so he was going to do a tryout for for that. So he calls me up and he's like, "Hey man, uh, you know you're coming up to to Susanville, going to come up to my house, and you're going to do this tryout, and you know are you are you game? Are you in?" I'm like, "Dude, I'm I'm there." And he's like, "Cool." He's like, "I want you to be there, you know, a day early too." And this is like a week 
I'm just finding this out like a week before the tryout, right? And so I'm like, okay, yeah, man, I'm there. Like, let me know what you need. He's like, cool. I need you to come up the day before too. I'm like, all right, man, if you need me to come up the day before, then then great. He's like, yeah, because you have a fight. I'm going to put on an event that night and you're fighting. I'm like, okay, <laughs> you got it, man. I was like, what do I need to weigh? <laughs> mm-hmm. He said, uh, I don't know. What do you weigh right now? I'm like, I don't know. I'm like 185. He's like, cool. Can you get to 170 by this weekend? And I'm like, cool, man. Yeah, done. Like, I'll get to 170. Piece of cake. No idea what I was doing. So I came in at like 162. I mean, it was just like the shittiest Ooh. weight cut, right? So we get up to uh, get up to Susanville and dude, he's got, so we had Vernon White and, and Kit Cope and some of these dudes on the card, but we had Bruce Buffer announcing. We got Boss Rutten, Guy Metzger, uh, Randy Couture, like all these dudes are ringside, like some of the legends, right? And I'm like, I just had this super shitty weight cut. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, let's see what let's see what happens you know and then we're in susanville too which is already like six seven thousand feet or whatever the altitude is there so um i pretty much blew my load uh in the in the back uh warming up and went out like (sighs) kind of gassed and went out there and and i got lucky enough to to win the fight and so which was cool yeah dude that's what i said (laughs) i was like like, oh shit yeah lucky the guy didn't know how tired you were he had no idea yeah totally and he came in and there was no so there was no testing there was no like he was a pretty he was a sketchy dude too that trained kind of down it was there was no testing no nothing we were just bleeding all over each other you know and then afterwards it was after we beat the piss out of each other it was like hey man nice to meet you and i've actually still stayed in contact with that dude but yeah so none of them were so that was actually probably the most legit i had other smokers at like aka and some of the bigger gyms and stuff too but uh, so did nine of those which was cool what do you think attracted you to fighting you know like it's uh, such a strange sport and i i realize a lot of people get into it for the sport of it because it sounds like you had some background in it but it is an odd thing. Like it's, uh, it's the basis for all sports. You know, two yeah. people are like quote unquote fighting for a rebound in basketball, right? Or you're fighting and defending position in football. Yep. Uh, but you know, the, at the core of it, yep. it's like we really just want to see the people fight. They could take off all their equipment, and we'd probably be more excited to watch that. A hundred percent. What got you pumped up to try something like that? Because it's very intimidating. It. You know what, man? It was a there was a a, a transition that kind of took place. So it started out. My dad was a hard, is a hard dude, um, just a very hard individual. Uh, was working in in the prison system. Probably should have lived there instead. Um, was just a hard was just a hard man. And um, so I, you know, wanted to get into sports early on and. Um, had tried to get into basketball early on, but I was kind of this sensitive kid and get the, you know, get the ball stolen. And I'm like, oh, I cry, you know, I'm crying. And I was like, fuck this game. And, and so he's like, cool, man, if you're going to, you Why know, did he steal it from me. I legit steal from people. Dude, I legit remember being for like, there was this like community. It was like a, uh, like a camp. And I remember walking in with my basketball and I'm like, dude, my best friend's going to be here. Like, who's it going to be? And the kid comes in and takes it from me. And I just turn around and run back. I'm like, this sucks. Everybody's so mean, you know? And he's like, get your ass oh, back in there. Man. Dude, I would have been right uh, with you. And it's like, I was, I was done. And he's like, dude, get back in there. And I'm like, oh, I'm not going back in there. Like these people suck, you know? So he's like, cool. He's like, you're going to go back in there or I'm going to have you try something else. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to try anything else. Cause you know, whatever. <laughs> so then the next day he's taking me to go get punched in the face. Right. So it's like, wow. it's like, cool, man, if you don't want to play basketball, you're going to go fight some human beings. Right. So, um, he was just kind of that dude. And, you know, he finds out in fourth grade that he's a couple fifth graders picking on me. And we see them walking on the street on the weekend. I'm like, those are the dudes. He's like, cool. Pulls over and he's like, get out and go fight them. 
those two boys right there, they're big, like, get out and go fight them. Right. So there starts out being like the, okay, my dad is a savage. And so I need to step up because I'm not going to survive. Right. So it starts out with that. Um, but then as I got into it, I started to get kind of that love for, for the introspection. It's not about the fight. It's about what's going on in your head. It really, you're is, really you fighting know, yourself, fight club fight, type stuff, that fight club mentality. Right. And of course I hadn't read fight club at that time or seen fight club mm-hmm. or whatever, but it was that it was like, cool, man. Like it really doesn't matter if the dude looks like you, if the dude looks like you, if the dude looks like her, like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Cause I'm going to learn something about, about me while I'm in this. And that's what ultimately attracted to me. And, you know, I stayed with it because of that. Wow. Yeah. Do you still yeah. do that now? I haven't in a while, man. When we moved, uh, we moved from the Bay, um, and I would go out to Uriah's place a little bit and help some of those dudes with, uh, just fight camps and sparring and doing what I could do. And, and, um, but then we had kids and started building businesses. And so I do it in my, in my garage, you know, I'll kick the bag in my garage and, yeah. and get after it for a few rounds and stuff, but I haven't, um, gotten to punch anybody or be punched in, in a while. So, which is fine. And I, and I'm, you know, there's an element, we always miss it. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I, I'm fine with not getting punched. In the what do you do for fitness too, now? So. You're staying in good shape. I appreciate it, man. Um, yeah, it really is a garage gym situation. So I got the bag up. I got the prowler. Um, we got dips. We got, you know, I got a whole bunch of injuries and, and things too. So we got dip station, pull up station, and um, it's predominantly body weight stuff and, and out sprinting and jumping and um, just trying to stay, stay mobile and stay out of pain ish. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm consistent with it. It's, it's that, daily. Does that help you from a mental side since you oh, don't have the fighting anymore? It's a thousand percent helps. A thousand percent helps. Um, it helps kind of scratch that, you know, it scratches that itch. Um, but it also just helps. I mean, you guys know it helps just mentally anyways. I mean, I got a lot of things that I'm taking on business wise. And so um, I, I just think more clearly. I'm more, I'm just a better version of myself when I do it, you know, so I stay consistent with it. Yeah. And I want to be the example to my kids too. You know, that's always a big, that's a big driving factor Huge, yeah. for me too, you know. So Anything in particular with food? You do anything crazy with your food or you just uh, pretty much try not to eat like an asshole? Um, <laughs> I always try not to eat like an asshole, um, but I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty disciplined on that too. So again, it's kind of that introspection and the self-awareness part of it. I do function better, much higher protein, more of a meat focus kind of deal. I have a, I love vegetables. I have a hard time with them. Um, I, they don't, they don't treat me well. So it's a whole lot more meat. It's like a in here, bit, like in here. Okay. Yeah, man, I struggle. I can do some fermented stuff, but mm-hmm. that's about it. Um, but I pay attention to it, how everything makes me feel, how it makes me think. Um, very, very much. So that's, that's the majority. Honestly, I'm, I'm pretty carnivorous on that side. Um, post-workout though, I can handle some, some real basic, like white rice kind of stuff as far as recovery. Um, so, and I don't deviate a whole hell of a lot from that, a little fruit here and there, but all real stuff. We don't do the, we don't do the non-real stuff in our house and, and you know, the kids know, the kids know that too. It doesn't matter if we're at school and everybody brings cupcakes. My kids are like, that's awesome, man. Congratulations. Happy birthday. But like they don't they don't jump in either because they're self aware too on how it makes them feel. So all real food. And your kids go to the school that you run, I'd Hell imagine, yes. right? Absolutely. They're the reason, man. <laughs> they're the reason. It was they were the driving force, you know. It was legitimately like, hey, I've got you know, I got three kids now and at the time when I was launching, um, you know, I had one that was ready, one that was almost ready as far as school age. And it was like, cool, if we get them and and seven, eight other kids, like, great, that's fine. Um, obviously it's taken off way more than that, uh, which I'm glad it has, but yeah, they're, they were the driving force. Dude. I haven't really looked into a lot of other schools, but yeah. you know, when I went to your school and when you were explaining yeah. everything about it, I was just like really blown away because 
I was just like, <clears throat> I never heard of anything like this. And yeah. then I meant other stuff you mentioned. Um, it was just like one thing after, like I couldn't, I couldn't take that day in very well. Cause I just, I was like, <laughs> uh, my head yeah, was spinning because sure. it's the stuff that you mentioned. And, um, this, the, the law here in California for your, uh, at home, uh, schooling, yep. uh, you were mentioning that there's like no curriculum to it and right. stuff like that. And I was just like, how is that possible? Like, yeah. especially here in California where yeah. we kind of have a lot of rules. Yeah. Uh, but that's true from what you said, right? It is, man. So this is one of the, like the interesting things. And I look at it from a standpoint of, um, if you look at it from a business standpoint, look at it from like a, a, a monopoly, right? So people get all fired up. Amazon's got fucking all the business in the world. And people are like, Oh my God, this thing, they're, they're a monopoly. They're driving all this kind of, well, the biggest monopoly in our country is arguably public schooling, right? 92, 93, 94% of our kids. Don't say that. Everybody. Yeah. Um, I hear that a lot. And it's like they, so they, they drive their narrative around everything. And we've all grown up in that. We all grew up going the same thing. So we don't, it's one of those things we just don't question at all. Right. And so when you realize, wait a second, you can actually, one of the easiest ways to get into college is actually don't have to even have a high school diploma. Wait, what? Really? Oh, Really? One of the easiest See ways. See what I'm talking one about? One of the easiest ways. To <laughs> We're going to be so confused after dude, this one, show. It's a fucking, yeah, exactly, dude. So one of the easiest ways is to not get a, not get a, you can drop out at 16, go take free community college courses, right? Play the game there. Yeah. You have a higher chance of transferring into almost any university. Yeah, I was going to say, they probably kind of right? feel sorry for dude, you or whatever. There's probably helps. like a law or rule that allows you to get in without it a helps, school right? Degree. It's like college part is all the game too, right? So that, that helps. And so when you go to, you know, kind of the homeschool route. So again, homeschool is another thing that like when we grew up, it, there was very much like, okay, cool, man. Homeschool, you're a weirdo, <laughs> right? Done. <laughs> Never mind the fact that we had weirdos in class with us too, right? We had yeah. weirdos in public school. Like if you're weird, you're weird. Like it is, <laughs> but more people that were just kind of off kilter, maybe used to do it. Um, that's not the case anymore. Percentage wise, you got a lot of people that are just choosing to do that. And so our whole school is built around people who now register with the state as homeschooled. There isn't, you don't have to submit, well, here's what I'm doing here. The standards I'm meeting it. You don't You you do a five minute thing online saying my kid's going to homeschool this year and you're done. Like that's it. And so then they come to us and they actually do cool shit rather than going and sitting. Is down there a, is there some sort of standardized testing, like to see if your kid is actually in ninth grade and stuff like that? To no, nope. if you're homeschooled, there's no, nope. no. And is there know, a recommendation? Uh, no, not from this. I mean, people will they'll love for you to do it, and that's mm-hmm. great. But I can tell you right now, I run multiple seven figure businesses. I get paid by companies to go got good money to stand on stage and go speak with some of the biggest organizations in the world. And to prove a point, last year I took a standardized test. For the parents at my school and my my math level, I was at sixth grade, right? <laughs> like, and I got straight A's. I got straight A's all through school, mm-hmm. but I didn't actually learn anything, right? <laughs> I didn't learn it. I played that game, right? Yeah. I could go back and figure out how to teach them, but the reality is nobody gives a shit about algebra. Nobody cares about trigonometry. You know? And I'm not saying don't ever do it, and that's great if you want to work towards it. We want our kids to continue to push the envelope, but to say that that's the end-all, be-all is provable horseshit it is really kind of annoying when like you do all these things you take these math courses high level mm-hmm. math etc you finish up and you end up doing nothing with it because that's yeah. kind of what happened with me it's like it's like why did i do all this why did i waste all that money at college yeah. when everything i do now I'm not using 
any of that. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. And dude, not only did it happen with you, it happens with almost everybody. I know it happens with almost everybody. And now we've raised the price of that experience too. So now your piece of paper is three times more expensive. You come out, you're not doing anything with it. Even with my kinesiology degree, right? I had to take geology and, you know, liberal 1800 women st- or whatever. Like they give you these random things that you got to take. I'm like, hold on, I'm doing a kinesiology degree. Yeah. And they're like, doesn't matter. You're going to be well-rounded. I'm like, yeah, well-rounded just means I got to give you more money. That's I have a all cool is, question. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, am I wrong? Because like I heard that like in yes. China and other places. No, I, I probably am on this, but I heard like in China, right? Like mm-hmm. if you want to go towards medicine or something, you go mm-hmm. to higher education. Mm-hmm. You only study those things. You don't have to do all this geology, superfluous kind of stuff, right? Is that correct? Or yeah, there's they... uh, it's you can't general. It depends on the school, gotcha. right? It depends on what they need to do. So, um, and there are there are universities and colleges here too that will allow you to focus more and do this, but they're just not, they're not your brands, mm-hmm. right? And they're not, they're usually these small little liberal arts, you know, kind of deals. And a lot of times they're struggling um, financially too. And so they're just looking for a different, so it just depends. Um, but that's where it's going. It's more and more of that. Colleges aren't going to be, they're not going to be relevant yeah. anymore. I mean, the brands are going to stick around, but they're going to Let's say go. it's uh let's just fast forward for a moment here and let's just say it's like 2030. Yeah. Are there a lot less uh, public schools and there are a lot more schools like yours? Absolutely. Uh, there's without a doubt, um, without a doubt, this COVID situation. And this part, yeah, this, th- this thing that's going on now. Dude, it's, it's been this like uh emperor has no clothes moment, you know, because people are realizing, wait a second, Mike, hold on a second. Either I'm pulling my kid out and they're doing all the stuff that they were normally doing in this eight hour day and they're finishing it in 12 minutes, right? And they're just like, wait a second, why are we spending all this time? Or they're getting on their Zoom calls with these teachers and they're like, oh my gosh, like the teachers are really struggling with Zoom and all of this stuff that's coming out is crazy. And I'm like, no, 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 you're watching what was happening in the classroom as well. Mm. Like it was still just as jacked up too. So people are starting to realize that. And then you've got more proof of concept for, for places like mine too. Um, you know, we had a, um, a, a sister campus in Austin yesterday, sent out an email and like, Hey, just want to celebrate this. You know, we got, uh, our, this kid, Chris, Chris has been here with us the, you know, his whole school career just landed his dream job in Silicon Valley. Um, he beat out 200 college graduates and 50 industry experts for this position. He starts tomorrow. Let's congratulate him. Oh, by the way, he's 17 and he still hasn't graduated from our school. He will graduate in May. Right. And this is a position that's only hires college grads. And, and we've had the same thing. We had a company that, you know, here locally that only ever hired college grads, the national company. And they took one of our high school kids at 17 straight and, and he's going straight there. there there's that shift is taking place mm-hmm. and more and more proof of concept is only going to exacerbate that. And maybe, uh, just public school has been exposed and maybe, uh, what we're learning is there's not for the amount of time you go to school, the yeah. amount of days that you go to school in yep. a school year, the amount of years you go to school, which is yep. over a decade, yep. and it's mandated, and it's the law, right. which I think is absolutely asinine, yeah. um, and the amount of hours that you go to school. Yep. I think all of it's overkill, And but we're now we're seeing, I think people can admit, wow, okay, you don't really learn nearly as much as we thought you did. And, and, we, and we can all agree, like, there's wasted time, and there's wasted... Uh, effort in college and stuff but i think yeah. we can also kind of say okay well yeah maybe some of it's wasted but you did learn 
to do things that you didn't want to do when you normally didn't want to do it, but you got it done anyway. Yeah, sure. But you also don't need to learn that over the course of a decade. Yeah. You also and don't need you, to, Yeah. Can you learn it somewhere else? You can learn it in other ways very easily. Right. My kids with their, with their businesses, they end up purchasing horses, right? So we have horses on our property. They don't always feel like getting up and mucking the stalls and shoveling shit. Right. They're learning to do things that they need to do, whether they want to do them or not. Right. Personal responsibility. We don't have to go to school to learn those things, you know, and that's and you can always place it back on them and say, hey, remember, yep. you wanted these horses. Bingo. If you don't want to continue with this, we can work on looking at something else. But Bingo. for now, you got to shovel the shit. This is what it is. <laughs> that's exactly it. I mean, all of these things can be learned outside the context of school, you know, and, and then again, just the focus. Think about the focus at school. Anyways, you take subjects, right? Life doesn't work in subjects, but you take these <laughs> subjects and it's only these five. If I was like, Hey Mark, dude, when you go to the store tomorrow, you can only go shop from these two aisles. You have a very limited number of products to look. You'd be like, like, what are you talking about? Absolutely not. Hey, by the way, you can only read these five books. That's it, man. That's all I'm going to let you read, right? People have a problem with that. We do it in school. And we're like, you can only take math, history, English, learn. And everybody's like, okay, got it. Cool. That's how you learn. Great. You know, there's this old saying that, that I fully believe, man. And I don't remember even who said it, but somebody said something to the effect of if we started making kids go to school earlier and earlier and earlier, it would only take a generation before parents believed you'd have to send them to school for them to learn how to walk. And I fully believe that. Yeah. Right. We, yeah. You don't learn how to walk. And you don't learn how to talk. You, that's right. You, like unless you, you, unless I mean, you learn it yourself. You, you self-educate yourself that's exactly through it. seeing and doing and hearing and over and over again. That's it. And it's doing and people. So here's another term that I hate. Right? People look at our school and they'll go, okay, well, it's an alternative school. So I hate that term because when we grew up, alternative means you're one step away from juvenile hall, right? Like you're about to go to jail. And so this is your last ditch effort. You go to the alternative high school, right? Where it's a bunch of shit at. So like, that's what it, that's what it meant. It, yeah. It's like the only alternative. It's the only, it's <laughs> before the something only really alternative bad before you're locked up, right? <laughs> like, so people still use that term alternative and I, and I hate that. So the, alt, so we're teaching personal responsibility. We're teaching self-direction. We're teaching um, character matters. Like we're teaching ethics or, or a real thing. We're teaching that. So then what's the alternative, right? What is the, what are we the alternative to then if that's the case? Right. And, and so, um, and maybe know, call it solution school. That's right. <laughs> it's yeah. not the alternative. Yeah. It's how, solution, how adults maybe. are supposed to be school, <laughs> right? right? You know, and, and how we've forgotten to be as a society school. Um, it's kind of that, you know, so it's, it's, a um, yeah, it's a, it's a fun place to be, man. Um, a friend of mine that I know, um, She's kind of getting the realization that the school that her daughter was going to maybe not be all like, you know, the most uh, tip top shape. Yeah. Um, and this is because she's like, okay, I, I can see where my daughter's struggling. Yeah. How the hell were all these teachers passing her throughout all these, you know, yeah. you know through all these uh, grades? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Is, is it really true that like public schools get paid to just pass kids or is that something totally like just a conspiracy theory type of thing? You get paid to have butts and seats. Yeah. Right. So you get paid to have kids there. Mm -hmm. So if you've got this young person and then you're going to move that young person somewhere else or you're going to get them somewhere else to go get help or to get you're losing money because you're no longer saying they're going to be there. Right. Mm -hmm. And then if you can put them in a, a special class of some sort where they need extra help, right, you can get extra funding for that, too. So. It's a money game. Mm -hmm. um, it's a politics game. You know, I mean, that's that's really what it is. It's butts and seats, man. Yeah, and it's just interesting because um, I think maybe a lot of parents are kind of realizing, like, oh shit, like you 
you're not really paying attention. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's because it's homeschool. But like what you said earlier, it's like, no, now you just see it. Yeah, dude. I think that's, that's crazy. Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's and when you're taught, you know, and I'm, I, I'm always the first to say, man, I'm so, I'm super pro teacher. I'm super pro administrator. Cause those are good, good folks. Right. For the most part. Um, of course you have your, your scandals and all that kind of stuff. Right. So there's douchebags everywhere, but <laughs> you, they're for the most part, they're there for altruistic reasons. They really do want to help, you know, they want to help people out, but you're not taught to work with kids. They're not screening for people who are really good at actually connecting with other human beings. You're in a system and you're taught how to perpetuate the system, mm-hmm. right? You don't deviate from the system. It's the status quo. That's what you're taught to do, right? So you can teach any monkey to do that. You know, I've had teachers with PhDs that have worked for me that are, couldn't teach their way out of a paper bag. Um, but the guides at the schools we have, the majority of them do not have any kind of credential. And that's good. That's, mm-hmm. I want it that way because they haven't been jaded by by that yeah you know yeah and then um so i guess advice for for myself you know my daughter she i mean this was probably like three years ago now yeah. uh she hit me with the question that i didn't expect her to hit me with so soon but she like was struggling with homework or something i don't remember exactly what happened but she just looked at me and she's like why do i need to learn this if we have google <laughs> and i'm like you're absolutely right but I don't have an answer for you so let's just no that whatever. was the answer yeah I, right there oh, okay, you're absolutely cool. right because yeah I'm like yeah every, yeah everything you're learning right now unfortunately like you're probably not going to use it later I'm like but I don't know what the answer is so yeah. let's let's get through this because we have to finish it because we started yeah I'm like and we'll we'll tackle that other we'll question later. later so like what what the hell I mean I guess that's the answer then dude that is the answer <laughs> and that's been the age old like why do we have to do like we, I remember kids asking that when I was in school yeah. why do we have to do this and it's like shut your mouth and we you know it's whatever there was never a good answer <laughs> Cause because that's what you do because that's what we need to do right because that's what my boss is telling me to do because mm-hmm. if the principal walks in right now and you're not doing that I'm gonna get in trouble right like that's what <laughs> that's the answer so it, yeah you're right if you can Google something what are we doing. <laughs> Let's spend our time doing something else. Well, it's yeah. also a good, uh, it's a good, it's a good teaching moment too, because you can ask a kid, say, Hey, well, what do you want to know from Google? And they could say something, right? And you can say, okay, we'll go look it up. Totally. They look it up. They give you information and say, do you believe that? For sure. How do you know it's yeah. fact? For sure. Did you, did you look at multiple articles? For did sure. You, did you YouTube it? Did right. you check out a cup? Because you're going to really have to go through like, so it's not as easy as a Google search. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you're going to have to really, you know, look into it. Like, does God really exist? Are you typing something crazy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, well, that's, you're going to have to do a deep dive. Nobody knows. Yeah, that's exactly it. And you can teach kids that, hey, look, you know, sometimes we're not, we're not always going to be certain of stuff, but we can get as close to the truth or as close to our beliefs or our truths as we can get. That's right. And that's all we could really know. Go down that rabbit hole. And, right. And start to decipher between good information and bad information. Right. And then once you get what seems like good information, how do you then transform that? How do you use that information to either collaborate with somebody else and create something else? Or, you know, what do you do with that information once you have it? Those are the, those are the kinds of conversations, you know, a big part of what we do are, are Socratic conversations, right? On a daily basis. And this doesn't matter if there's the five-year-olds, the 18-year-olds everywhere in between. And so we'll give them a scenario and go, look, here's your scenario. Do you take option A? Do you take option B? Like, let's discuss. And so they learn to have those discussions and have kind of those deep dives into, you know, big topics and not get all butthurt about it, not bring emotion into it. Right. Where it's just like, oh, okay, you're a Trump fan. Well, I'm a Biden fan. Well then cool. We hate each other. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. None of that. None of that horseshit. It's like, cool. Why, why do you love Trump? That's awesome. Why do you love Biden? That's great. Let's eloquently speak to why you speak to why let's genuinely listen and let's 
try to go facts over emotion and then just see. And at the end of the day, we're going to disagree on some stuff too. Cool. Awesome. High five. Let's go play. And that kind of stuff is really hard to try to pull up facts on. To try to figure out who's done what and who hasn't done what. hundred percent, man. Holy crap. A hundred percent. hundred percent. So, I mean, that's it. And we want to give them that kind of framework and that kind of mindset. And that just develops different adults. And, and wouldn't you guys agree that that's a, like a better process for um, problem solving? Because I, I just remember when whoever the asshole was that decided that my daughter needs to do Common Core. And I would be like, <laughs> just do the math. Don't back track yeah. like 10 yeah. steps to get yeah. it <laughs> they said it's it, wild yeah her, her teacher was like oh we do it this way so they can learn how to problem solve and i'm like but why are you creating a big problem imagine, for them to solve imagine like, if, yeah. imagine if you and i had to figure out our businesses the same way right imagine that when right. like yeah. one of us wouldn't have survived like That's, one of us may have right but the likelihood is that I, neither one of us would probably have anything. That's exactly right. If we had to do it the same way. Yep. And, when, exactly right. and what you're talking about, that's like, no, no, no. And Seema, you're going to do the same way as me. And you do the right. same way as him. And the same way as him. And the same way as her. And it's like, that's, it's a, a, can I just get, does it matter how I got there? Can I just get to the result? You and, know? Dude, and that's the logical train you should go down. Mm-hmm. It's the logical train. And people will go, dude, I can walk anybody down the logical train of, public school and traditional schooling is not the ideal, right? We can walk anybody down that, but it's the emotional attachment to it. Like you are emotionally attached to a religion, right? It's it's the ultimate cognitive dissonance. You can walk people down that and they can be like, yes, yes, yes. And I've, I mean, I've had it with parents walk them down like, yes, yes, yes. Great. Awesome. Cool. My kid's here. And then their kid's there and their kid's making money and their kid's making friends. And they're like, they're more responsible at home. And they're like, but their math level is slipping and it's like, holy shit. Like, what do you, uh, you know, it's, it's that, it's that emotional attachment to that. Yeah. Right? But, and then we have all these parents who are like, okay, cool. I can't do your homework. Like I don't, I full on don't understand your homework. <laughs> right. I feel, I don't want to homeschool you because I won't know what to do. So you're saying I went through this whole system right here that then left me feeling ill-equipped to help my own child Right. To do. I mean, there's so many logical issues with all that kind of stuff. And again, some kid gets past like fifth grade. It's impossible to help him. It it is. (laughs) Absolutely. For me, too, as a career educator with graduate degrees. Right. Like it is. It's impossible. And, you know, going back to that concept of alternative, this this whole way of doing it has only been about like 100, like 100 years, 100 plus years. Right. Before that and all of humanity, you did stuff. Mark is the man in town who is the welder. And I'm going to be his apprentice and I'm going to go in and start welding with him. And eventually just by doing and being with somebody who knows what they're doing, mm-hmm. I'm going to be a welder, right? It's pretty easy. And that's essentially what we're doing now too. It's like, look, start doing this, start building your business. We're also going to have you team up with other people who own businesses or people that are in your fields you're interested in. Start doing this and go. By the way, welding is really fucking complicated. <laughs> it's really hard. It is really hard. It's really hard. It's amazing that like anything gets done. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. Totally. Totally. But you don't it's have really to know difficult. the science of it to be able to do it. Right. You know, you don't have to know the temperatures. You don't have to know, you know, you have to cool this thing down or you just, you learn those things yeah. and you burn yourself. Yeah, exactly. You that's know? exactly it. Yeah. You, you don't right. have to study the history of who was the first welder and who, like, yeah. what date did he start welding and what, like, none of that shit matters. It doesn't matter. Start welding. Right. You know, give yeah. us, give us a little bit of the background on the school. Like, uh, what's yeah. the name of the school and then how did it 
how did it get started and was it modeled after anything else? Yeah. So we are, so we're actually part of a global network. And so it's called Acton Academy. So A-C-T-O-N and that's named after Lord Acton. He's the guy that said, um, power corrupts, absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. A lot Mm -hmm. of people have heard that quote. Um, and so Acton actually started as an MBA program. There's a master's program and it started in Texas. Uh, and then the founders of that program said, you know what we want to do? They had kids. And so they said, we want to kind of do a K through 12 and like, let's, Let's figure out how we can do this in kind of a K through 12 setting. So they set that up in, in, uh, in Austin primarily for their kids. And they're two of my heroes, man. They're, they're brilliant human beings. So they, they were running this and one of the families had to leave and actually moved to California. They moved to Southern California and then they called Jeff and Laura are the names of the, of the founders. And they called them and they said, Hey, you know, we kind of want to do this here too. Would you mind? helping us like we'd love to start something up and so they're like okay well yeah sure like if you want to do that let's let's help and so that kind of slowly became it's not a franchise it's like a it's more like a crossfit kind of thing right where you got all the boxes that have similar language similar beliefs similar type workouts but the owners are the ones that are that are really putting their dna into it and say no we're going to focus more on this we're going to do this they all try to help each other they collaborate around things but everybody's doing their their you know different thing too right so it kind of grew into this network. So, um, there's like, there's almost 200 of us right now, globally, we're in like 30 somewhat different countries. And it really is a network of people who have come, some of us from education backgrounds, some from business, some like myself from both. And we just decided, look, we want to complain by building something better, you know? So as this model started popping up and doing things, I was actually getting ready to do a, uh, a Ted talk in 2015 on, alternative education models. And so I started looking into who's actually doing this well, because I was always the pariah and, you know, I was in public schools and private schools and I'm like, Hey guys, everybody over here, like all, all the stuff we're doing is horseshit. Like we should be doing something different. Right. And so I've been speaking out about that forever. So getting ready to do this Ted talk. So I started looking into organizations that I thought were doing things the right way. And so that's how I first found Acton, um, went out to Texas, watched it, watched a group of middle schoolers run a two hour meeting more efficiently than most fortune 500 companies. And the adult in the room said nothing the entire time I was there. And I'm like, this is what I'm talking about. You know? And so I gave the Ted talk and then started connecting with them and said, look, I'd like to become a part of this network. I want to do this where, you know, where, where I am and, and, uh, and start building out. So that was, that was about five years ago. And uh, so I took a year to build the community while I was still traveling around doing 50, 60 keynotes a year. Um, and, and took a year to build that up, man. And really was like, Hey, if we can get 10 kids. That'd be great. We started out with 55. Um, and now we've got a full campus with a huge wait list and just purchased our second campus in SAC. And we're going to do seven, eight, nine campuses out here in this general area. How is school now? Cause of COVID and stuff. Um, good. <laughs> I think that, I think that last we spoke, you mentioned, uh, you're just kind of leaving it up to the parents There's some people that's that are it, man. So, distance learning and some people are coming to school, right? That's it, man. So, you know, freedom is my favorite F word, right? And so part of knowing, here's part of knowing the ins and outs of, of public school and kind of that whole game. Like I said, one of the easiest ways to go to college is don't get a high school diploma, right? Mm-hmm. So same kind of thing. So we set ourselves up from a legal standpoint as we're not a school. We're, a, we're an educational resource center. We're a professional development center, right? Whatever you want to say that this is what we are. The kids register as homeschool and then we'll come to us to, to collaborate for things. So from our perspective, um, we weren't, there was no impact on that. We just left it up to the parents. We just said, hey man, what do you guys want to do? Do you feel safe? If you want to stay home and go virtual, we will help you with the virtual stuff. Great. If you would like to come to campus, 
come to campus. We're not going to, you know, put something up to your, your kid's head when they come in. We're not going to say 42 feet apart. We're not going to say, you know, 12 masks. We're not going to like none of that stuff. What do you, what do you want to do? So we're, uh, we're rocking and rolling, man. Full campus, full go. Yeah. Do you think it's going to be a, uh, like for traditional schools, like a temporary thing or is schools like never going to go back to being the same as thinking outside of like mandates and stuff. But yeah. as far as like, you know, like even like companies like, Oh, we're doing just fine working remotely and we don't need all these office buildings. Now they're probably going to change forever. Is school going to be something similar? No. Um, because the, of that butts in seats, right? It's that model is still built on, having those physical locations, it's still built on having those people there. Um, so that won't change anytime soon. And there's a lot of money mm. invested. In Wasn't it also really odd same. that like, <clears throat> I'm very confused. They shut the schools down. Yeah. And one of the first things they talked about was getting funding for the schools. Right. And I'm like, if they're not operating, <laughs> how do they need more money? <laughs> like, right. But right. I, I just, They're, I don't, exactly. you know, some of the stuff that happens, you're just like, what, wait a how, second, what, what's what? going on here? A hundred percent. The lights already, are off. There's no buses. The lights are off. There's none of that stuff is running. I mean, that's exactly right. it. And we already spend so much more per student than anybody else. It has nothing to do with increasing, increasing funding will never, never be the answer for school. Schools need more money. They really don't. They need to quit doing stupid shit, right? And they need to re they need to rethink the way they're doing everything. Um, it has nothing to do with money. We drive so much better from a, like a result perspective. Like we drive so many better outcomes for much less per student than than any of our public schools. And it has nothing to do with well, there's good schools over here, bad school, dude. They're all the same. Like I've worked in Stockton and I've worked out in you know Rose Gangland, Disneyland, right in in California. The schools are the same. The quality of the teachers are the same. There's no good schools means you're in a high socioeconomic area, period. That's it. So you have parents that provide more opportunities, right? And they provide maybe more of a, a, of a uh, influence as far as like, hey, you've got to do well, right? And so the kids have better opportunities. So they come in and they test better. That's what labels a good school. Well, they never, they never ask the parents. I mean, they might already be asking quite a bit especially because you pay a yeah. good amount in taxes and yeah, stuff yeah. like that but yeah totally they never you know like they may say hey you know the school needs more computers and you're thinking oh okay well i can help with that yeah because it's my kid's school right but they never ask you like hey grant high needs you know yeah because that would be like people would scoff at that and be like i i wh why would i pay for for sure you know and no one gets it but they should be yep. like i think they should be like uh, you know because your kids are only in school for so long anyway. Right. So if you can assist and help in other ways and help some of the other schools, how do you guys totally. assist and help some people that maybe might be, uh, uh, you know, not able to pay to go to the school? For sure, man. So that's always the downside of any privately driven organization is the cost. The fact that we don't get government money. Right. I mean, so that's always going to be the downside. So, we have a few different things we do. So part of it is just the inherent nature of our school, the way we do things. We are focused on helping kids build businesses and build opportunities. So our students are making money. We have students who pay their entire tuition themselves with their businesses. Wow. Right. So when you're making that cash, not only are you able to now afford it, what company doesn't want if some you know young 18 year old comes over here and says hey i want to work with you guys i love what you guys are doing by the way these last six years here's 
you know, here's my P&L, here's my cash flow sheet. These are the businesses that I've been running. This is what I've been doing. Here are the internships and apprenticeships that I took on. Um, some of those were paid, by the way, too, right? If you, Dude, you're going to want those people in a heartbeat, right? That's way more impressive than I went to college like everybody else, mm. right? So you've got the opportunity for them to do that there. But we also um, have things like jobs on campus. So we've got a, an executive chef on campus, right? And he goes in and he teaches culinary skills. So young men are getting valuable skills, right? And, and young men and women, but we have more boys that are in the kitchen. So they're getting the valuable skills and then they get, uh, you know, they provide the meals to everybody, but then they also have some kickback that goes towards working on campus, right? It goes kickback towards their, their tuition. Um, ultimately we want to continue to, so like anytime we do any kind of consulting, it goes back to the kids. My podcast is all like any sponsorship on the essential 11 all goes back to the kids, it goes back to the families that we have so we can help the families that, that we know are struggling the most. Right. Um, this program I'm building with Tim Kennedy, all of that is going back into the kids. Um, as we continue to grow profitability wise, we want to buy, um, you know, if there's other small businesses in the area that we can purchase, have the kids go run those businesses with our, with our mentorship. So they're getting real experience running real businesses, profitability, goes back in to scholarships. So we want to, um, you know, build those opportunities in as much as humanly possible. I know some people are wondering like, what kind of businesses have some of these kids built while they were in school? Can yeah. you give us some examples? Yeah, of that? man. Um, we've got, uh, you know, I saw the custom, the cornhole board out there with mm-hmm. your face yeah. on it, right? With Mark's face on there, which is rad. We've got a young man that builds custom cornhole boards. So he builds them on campus, right? Puts the boards together, does custom wraps and all that kind of stuff. So he's selling those to individuals to, uh, hotel chains to businesses, right? So he's doing that. He actually just teamed up with two other brothers that just came in. Um, so they're expanding because those guys make um, bike ramps and all kinds. Of, so they're actually just kind of doing a carpentry business all around for, mm-hmm. for multiple things. So these guys are, are selling out. We've got a girl that does um, custom abstract art. And so I saw that when I was there. Yeah. yeah, she's rad. So not, and she'll do, you know, she'll do paintings, right. And she'll sell those, but she also has been commissioned to do cars, um, to do, uh, she has a lot of skateboards and clothing as well. And so she's got her products in five or six shops around here in Sacramento that are selling her stuff where she does this custom artwork. She sold a, a skateboard earlier this year to Tony Hawk, um, took it to his California hall of fame what? induction. Right. So like, that's pretty, that's pretty legit when you can be like, he takes wow. that to his California hall of fame induction, <laughs> you know, has her board up there like that. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, what gotta, a cool thing to support too. When you say, Hey, I bought this from this kid and support right. their tuition to go to this school. Like that's it. Man. Who doesn't want to be part wants of that? Exactly, yeah. man. Nobody wants to say no to that. Um, you know, a young lady, middle schooler that just went and, and um, did a pitch to a, uh, uh, some local boutiques cause she makes custom, um, leather jewelry and leather satchels and all this kind of stuff. Her dad does something where he comes home with a bunch of leather scraps and she, then she takes and puts all this stuff Shit, together. It sounds like we can get a lot of these kids sewing some slingshots over here. Get a little project. It's the best. And here's, and here's the deal too. We call it school. It's part of their school. You don't have to pay them anything. It's That's great. great. It's free labor. Awesome. Right, yeah. It's free labor. Like, we can get rid of half. You said you got like, you know, 10, 11. We'll get rid of half your staff. But That's right. I'll go hook you. <laughs> yeah, you get like we'll three or four up. kids for every uh, For dollar. sure. For sure. It's great. So, yeah. I mean, they're so. For, they're for some people listening board, that. Yeah. For some people listening that might think it's uh, sounds odd, but 
people do this for private schools as well. Like there, there's a lot of kids that can't afford private schools. Yeah. Um, one of my good friends who's at this very table right now, uh, had to do that. He, he worked at the private school. He, he wasn't one of the rich kids. He had to kind yeah. of work, he had to work for his tuition basically. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. And so again, the more we can build out the profitability of that too, and just drive, I mean, we want to go into areas of, of, you know, uh, Sacramento that, there's just people that they're just going to struggle to afford something like this. And we want to go because we will, you know, I remember there's a university that was doing a study on, you know, alternative education. And, uh, one of the students got a hold of me and I think they were in Texas somewhere and he got a hold of me. And so they kind of did this whole case study around us. And he's like, when are you going to go into the inner city? I'm like, dude, as soon as, as soon as humanly possible. And he's like, you know, I grew up in the, in, in kind of a rough area. He's like, what do you think? Like with those, would those kids do well in this kind of environment? Like, do they would. Cr- so first of all, they just have less opportunity. They are just as much a genius as the, every kid that we have period and a story. I actually think they'll do better and do crush it. Cause a lot of these kids have a chip on their shoulder mm-hmm. too. Right. And they're like, look, I, I'm struggling on something. I'm going to come in and show you guys. I can make something myself. One of the biggest downsides also, I think of, of privatized education is a lot of kids that come in and whose families can't afford it. I've seen a lot over these last few years. Those kids have this kind of mindset. Well, mom and dad will always take care of me, right? Like there's, I, there's I saw always that. a safety net. I saw that when I coached football. For sure. You know, you could see who comes from what kind of family. And for sure. Most of the kids that had kind of quote unquote everything that they need. Yep. Maybe. And then some and played a lot of video games. Like they yep. weren't that into like smashing into each other. Totally. Mm. But the kid that maybe was neglected a little mm. bit, maybe didn't have the same opportunities when he had a chance to hit somebody. It's, he's getting at it. <laughs> yeah. It was like he was born to do it. You're 100%. Like, Whoa. 100%. <laughs> You're like, hey, man, I meant to hit the guy, but not like that, dude. <laughs> that's it. That's you blew his ass off. Oh, I love that, dude. And that's, you know, we talk about those kids as being the underserved kids. I think the kids that have too much are our underserved kids because they're the ones that are going to be mentally handicapped moving forward. Right. That's where the, all the entitlement comes from is, is that kind of stuff. So um, I think these kids will crush it. Yeah. I had a good uh, Ray. It's hard, right? hard to meet the uh, people that are normal when they come from a lot of wealth. Totally. You know, and especially well, not necessarily when it's the person's first run of it, but yeah. when it's generational yeah, or yeah. when it's, uh, you know, the kids a lot of times are really fucked up. A hundred percent, man. I had a good, um, was chatting with Ray care, right. Mm-hmm. Not too long ago and, and a mutual buddy and we had him on and uh, I mean, we kind of, we kind of, chatted for a while Man, that guy's fired up dude <laughs> that yeah. dude is fire yeah, like he's he not he was one of the dudes he like, came right through our screen yeah. Yeah. Oh, Zoom dude, that's the way he that's the way he does it so i actually put out like a disclaimer too i think our episode with him goes on this weekend i put like kind of disclaimer too because you know he was getting all just just you know fired up and i'm just like and i try you know this the, our podcast is geared more towards all these young people and stuff too right but i just found myself as i'm sitting there talking to him i'm like yeah fuck yeah dude so then I got this stuff, like, stuff that i don't normally say either right and i'm just like we're just like yeah fuck this and fuck that and we're just like you know like we're just super fired up dude and it was it was hilarious but then we end up talking again this weekend too and we're just like dude we're both we end up kind of going in this rabbit hole of like we're both super thankful for some of the rougher things. i'm thankful for i don't talk i don't have a relationship with my dad right now right but i'm super thankful that i had the relationship that i did i am i'm thankful for that i'm thankful that there was a chip that was put on my shoulder i'm thankful for the lessons i learned i'm thankful for the the good stuff that he did and the kind of the anti-hero things that i can learn like i'm thankful for that him too he's like look i had a you know he told you guys he had a horrible situation right but he's like dude i'm grateful for that because it gave me the fire to be the dude that i am also maybe that's all your dad knew and that's, you know, it. that's all, it maybe, is that's all I, knew. I knew. Like maybe he didn't know Dude, that's that he could have taught you the same lesson oh, through having you shovel snow or something. Like that's that. exactly you know it. I mean? That's exactly it, man. Yeah. And that's why I think it's, you know, it's 
there's almost never a reason to have ill will. And, and if we can teach our kids that early on too, you know, cause everybody's viewing things out of their goggles, you know? So I have, dude, I have no ill will towards my dad. I wish him nothing but the best, you know, he's battling his own demons, man. And, uh, and I learned a lot through that and, and I want him to get past those demons and I hope he does, you know, and that's, I want that for everybody, man. And if we can teach kids early on to battle their own demons and to not, worry about other people that are battling those dude man it's, it makes a big deal thing that ct fletcher shared with us i always yeah. thought was like just wild he was like you know try loving people that hate you you know or try it, loving man. people that have hate in their heart he's like it's the hardest thing to do but he's like it's easy to love people that love you or it's easy For to sure. like people that like you but he's like try it when they hate you For you know sure. and it, it it can help you to live a more peaceful life it's nearly impossible to do i understand it's very hard to do but but that's, if you can figure out a way to do it, yeah, you're man, getting on the right track. You're on the right track. And I think, dude, that's where that, you said the key word, man, is that peace. You know, it's the peace. The peace of mind is like, it doesn't matter. You got a million people who love you, a million people who hate you, and, and neither one of them are, are, you know, your psyche is not dependent upon either of those. I don't have to crave these. I also don't have to fear this or be angry at this. Like, just peaceful. I mean, I'm doing what it is that I think I need to do, and there's integrity. I can look myself in the mirror and... and you know, family loves me, dude. Life's good, man. It's all good. And that's what I want for all these kiddos, too. It seems like you guys have a entrepreneurial spirit yeah. at the campus. Yeah. And uh, can you share some of those principles with us? What are these things that you try to teach uh, some of these kids? I'm sure it matters what age yeah. they are, but in general, like, what are some things you try to teach these that's, kids? Dude, really good question. So, and people say all the time, like, well, you guys just want to build entrepreneurs. And that's definitely not it. I don't think, you know, you know, entrepreneurship and it's a hard road. And, um, I don't think everybody is cut out for that necessarily, or, or that should even want to do that. Right. So, but I think the entrepreneurial spirit, um, of, of looking to how do I add value? How do I, um, you know, continue to grow and move things forward? Right. Is I think that benefits anybody. So that's really, we tell our, our kids that are there, you will be successful with these two things, work hard, treat people well. Like if you do those two things, you are willing to work hard. And that just means you're, you're willing to push it. You want to grow, right? It's that growth mindset sort of deal. And you're going to treat people the right way along the way. Generally, things are going to work out good for you. Now it's easier said than done. And so that's where we put in all of these systems to give them agency early on to actually have adult conversations, to actually hold the line for each other on the character part of that character matters. Personal responsibility matters. We are very anti-victimhood. Period. I don't care what your background so, was. You do not get to play the victim. So maybe the kids aren't necessarily telling on each other, but they're saying, hey, that's not the way we behave. It's that. Exactly. So they operate on covenants and contracts with one another, right? So they create contracts within their studio. And studio just means it's kind of this mixed age um, group. Um, but there's a general contract for, for everybody that's there. And so that studio contract is generally seven or eight you know, things that they come up with. And it always boils down to promises of I'm going to be my best self and I'm going to hold you accountable to being your best self. This is how we act here in a professional environment. It boils down to that basic stuff. It doesn't matter if it's the five-year-old doing it or the high schoolers doing it. Right. And then they know they actually have, not, not only do they have a, a voice in it, we don't want to as adults have the voice at all. I would rather have the kids sitting there having a conversation and, and you know, you and I are trying to talk and Mark keeps interrupting. And then it's one of us. It's like, Hey, so Mark, real quick, man, you promised, you signed the contract. You promised, <laughs> you know, you're not going to talk over other people, man. Can you, can you, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and we've got systems in place. So where if you keep doing it, there's actually repercussions there too, including you might end up having to go and the kids can, they, they can get rid of other kids. You're off the team. 
you are <laughs> off the team. You're off the team. And then, of course, we have fail safes in play in case there's somebody who wants to take a power trip of like, cool, let's see who I can get rid of today, right? Like we have systems in place too so that if that person is doing that, they get rid of So you, you put these structures in, especially early, and it just ends up being the way they talk. The kids that have, you know, I've got nine-year-olds that have been, that have never gone anywhere else. They've only been with us. And it's hilarious to hear them have these conversations. My daughter and her best friend, you know, they'll, they'll be like, hey, what you're doing? This is not your best work. <laughs> right? Wow. Like, this is not your best work. Like, That's I know crazy. you can do so much better than that. And what's cool is the other kid will be like, you're right. You're right. Can you help me on the, and it's like, cool. Yeah. All right. Here you go. And then like, all right, good. And they're done. There's no, that, nobody's butt hurt. Nobody's fine. It's just like, boom, here's what it is because this is the standard that we want to achieve. And it's not just a standard of look work. at it. Like, mm, you happy with that? Are you, are you happy with that? Yeah. Is this the best you can do? Because I've seen you do better. Just not, picture a nine year old say that is the funniest thing yeah. to me for some reason. Dude. It, and it's real. Oh my And God. it's real. And it doesn't need adults. Right. We had during this whole COVID thing at the initial thing, we went virtual, everybody virtual for a little bit too. Right. And, uh, I had, dude, I had, I've worked with so many schools and school districts all over the world. And so I had these, um, I had teachers, I had administrators, I had superintendents that were calling me from everywhere. Just going, what do we do? Like, what do we do with all this stuff? Like, and they were looking more for systems. Like, how do you do this at home and, and keep everybody on track virtually and all this kind of stuff? I'm like, well, I can help you with the systems part, but the big part is you're not teaching the students how to self-direct actually how to not have the adults there but still push themselves forward hold each other accountable that's what you guys aren't that's what you guys are missing so it's not going to be the same they're like no 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 we do a good job of that right we just need to get them some ipads in their hands and then we're going to be okay and i'm like okay cool man um and i was talking to a, a superintendent from another state and i said let me show you i was driving back into my driveway i said dude let me just show you what i'm talking about let's get on facetime so we got on facetime and i flipped my screen around and i creeped into my house and I walked in and my nine-year-old's on her, on her computer and she's got her headphones on and she's like, no, 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 no. And it was her and two other nine-year-olds and they were having a conversation around the difference between fixed and variable costs and sunk costs and all like, this was the conversation they were having. And so I'm showing him and, and he's like, oh, okay, that's kind of a high level conversation. I'm like, and there's no adult involved in this conversation. There's not even a teacher monitoring this. It's like, that's the difference between what we're doing and what you're doing. That's the difference. You know, I always tell people our ideal day on campus, and this isn't just some like esoteric bullshit. This is really what we push for. Our ideal day is that none of the adults show up to campus at all. The kids don't notice and they don't care. Nothing changes. You know, that's the ideal. Yeah. Yeah. Mark, Andrew, and I, we've had this conversation before, and I want to I want to know, first off, if you think this is, like, really legit, first off, and then also, it seems that like you guys are just taking a totally different approach. When I went to school, it was 8 to 4, yep. right? And jobs are, like, 9 to 5. You know, I get picked up. We'd have teachers that looked over everything we do. We'd have a little lunch break where we eat our food, and yeah. we'd be in these classrooms where we're looking to somebody, like a manager, to, to tell us what we got to do and tell us what we have to learn. And it just seems like normal schools are just preparing kids to go get a normal government job in the workforce right. and stay there for a really long time because right. it's what they're used to. Are we right? Yeah, 100%. On purpose. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is all on purpose, right? And so that's part of, part, you know, without getting all... Um, con, you know, I don't want to get like where it sounds conspiratorial or whatever, but the reality is the, the people who brought this model over, that was kind of the, the MO is you get people mm-hmm. 
smart enough to follow directions, but not quite smart enough to really think for themselves, challenge it, want to go outside it, maybe do something better, right? It's, it's kind of that general sort of mentality, um, and we've just continued to maintain that. Um, so you're absolutely right. Like we're continuing to push people. So that's one of the biggest downfalls is that you've got all these 18-year-olds that have always had that. They're still asking another human being, like, can I go to the bathroom right now? And that other person has the ability to go, no. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, got it. And then they graduate and the next day they're supposed to make all the decisions for their life, right? When they've never made it a freaking decision, including when I get to go to the bathroom, right? So we're handicapping them from the get-go. And so we're creating all these kids who go into, you know, even at the end of college, go into their job if they're lucky enough to get one. What do you want me to do? Give me the rubric so I can get my A, right? I'll play that game. And as soon as I get done, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to wait for you to tell me what to do next because I don't understand how my role plays into the bigger role of everything, right? And so we've created all these handicapped individuals. And it's one of the biggest things that I hear from CEOs, from hiring managers all over the world. It's that, like we're playing with like, come in and help Lockheed Martin has me work with their, what they call their developing leaders program. It's all these 22 year olds that are out of Harvard and Stanford and MIT. And they're all way friggin' smarter than me. And they're like, Hey, we want to fire all of them. We want to get rid of all of them. Cause they don't know how to do anything. They don't know how to work. They're all really smart, but they suck. So <laughs> can you help us not fire all these kids? You know, like that's it. And that's what we're creating in mass still. And the more we standardize and the more we focus on just, two subjects for one test because that's where our money's coming in the more we're handicapping these kids to think that exact same way so yeah you're not wrong at all mm. i think and a lot of times uh school and uh just standard education teaches you um to maybe question or poke holes in things but then not have a solution and yeah. to place a ceiling on things a lot of times because i i get this a lot where i might say something and then I would hear, well, the problem with that is, yep. and I'm like, okay, if we're going to point out problems, I mean, I, I can, we can have a, we, we can, can talk that all day. Yeah, we can talk all day. There's a mm-hmm. lot of problems with a lot of things, but if I'm trying to Elon Musk this thing, you know, yes. I'm trying to make it better. Yeah. So, okay, maybe you brought up the problem, but can you also see, okay, you might recognize that as a problem, but what would be a nice solution to that? A hundred percent. Or what can we poke holes in it to where we get thinking about That's it. what the solutions would look like? That's exactly it, is going from that solution standpoint, right? And then also understanding that as things change, the solution may morph too, mm-hmm. right? So one of the things we talk about is our kids, not only do they know where to find answers, not only do they know how to create and look for a solution, but they can also go, okay, well, right now I need to actually kind of unlearn this is whatever this is, is no longer relevant to society or to the answer or whatever. So now the solution looks different and the solution needs to morph right at this point too. I mean, the, to, you know, this didn't exist 10 years ago and 10 years from now, that's a, a pager, right? Like that's so, <laughs> so cool. So then what do we do with that? So don't get too tied to this. What's the functionality, but as there becomes a better solution, then, or a better tool, then let's bring that tool in so that we can create a, a solution that looks a little bit different. But it's that solution thinking, right. right? But everybody likes to, people like to chill in the problems, right? We like to sit back and watch Tom Brady and be like, oh my God, I wouldn't have made that pass. <laughs> didn't you see that guy? Didn't you see that guy coming over the top? Like, there's no way, right? And we're going to sit there and tell the, the goat. Tom Brady's our football player. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have to fill him out. Got to help him, gotta help him out. Football. <laughs> yeah. Right? Close. Yeah. Okay. Seahawks. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, you know, we love to do that, man. And that's, but. It is coming with a the coming with a solution makes a big and we'll get it all the time. Parents, everybody went to school, so everybody knows how to run a school. 
<laughs> Everybody knows how. Like, this is what you should be doing. I'm like, okay, cool. Got it. Thank you. 10-4. Gotcha. Yeah. Are, yeah. uh, are there grade levels at Acton? Um, what grade are you in? So, I, I well, so here's what I'm thinking. Because my, my daughter's in seventh grade mm-hmm. right now. And uh, you were talking about, you know, uh, uh, opening up a new school in Sacramento. Checking out the website. It's, you know, scheduled for 2021. By then, she would be in, let's see, math, I think ninth grade-ish. Take care of the two. Yeah. yeah. Of so that's ninth grade of traditional school, and mm-hmm. then if she were to join Acton, like, like that'll be the first time she experienced anything like that. Yeah, what would that transition look like for yeah. someone that's in that situation? It's a really good question. It's it depends. Um, there's no blanket statement, right? Because there's no blanket statement for for humanity in general, right? So, um, you know, we have kind of a as close to a generalization as we can, we say if somebody's got a certain amount of years in a traditional system, it'll take them maybe that many months before they start to learn how to self-direct. And that's held relatively true, but it depends on the kid and it depends on the parent too. I mean, it really depends on the parent, right? If the parent is on board speaking the same language, the transition can be much shorter, um, but it is way harder to come in as a freshman uh, it's way harder than if you were a five-year-old because you have to unlearn. You got to unlearn all of that programming. You have to unlearn waiting for somebody to tell you exactly what to do, when to do it. You have to unlearn the fact that, wait a second, I have a voice. Wait a second. I don't, it's not about just taking a class and having subjects. I'm supposed to go create right now. I'm supposed to go create. And, and if I find something I really like or that I'm good at, they actually want me to be obsessed about that and just go become a ninja on that. And we don't give a shit about your SAT score right now. Cause you're rock star right here. Like go get this. It's a different, it's a different mindset, you know? So it's really hard if you come in at five years old and they just go, okay, well this is the way it is. It's, it's a whole nother game. Not saying it can't be done. And we've got kids that come in at, at all different ages, but there is a vetting process and there's no perfect vetting process too. But um, it's like, we'll have our info session, um, kind of an open house next week. Right. And so we'll do one a month and we'll have 70, 80 families that'll come in and, and sit in the auditorium. And within the first like five, 10 minutes, my goal is to get everybody to leave all of them. I'm like, most of you guys, your kids would probably be fine. Most of you guys will not, um, you will not be able to get around the emotional baggage. Here's kind of some of our beliefs college is great if you want to learn how to play the game we'll get your kid into you know help your kid get into college if they want to do the work that's fantastic for 90 percent of them it's a dumbass idea to do like i'll throw that out math does not matter um you know just try to as much as i can as i can just kind of irk them and just see how uncomfortable i can get them and just try to get them to go early it's the hardest thing Mm -hmm. is is to find the parents that are that are going to support that yeah placing kids in in certain grades though it probably doesn't you're probably not too concerned about it. They can probably go one way or the other. Yeah. And you, they can probably have a two or three year age difference. And they do. And they, right, they're, yeah. in their studios, there are, there's multiple ages and, and it's more um, social emotional is the biggest part. And then, um, you know, some, some academic ability plays into it a little bit, but it's that social emotional part of it that matters the most. You know, there's nothing better than hanging out with an older kid when you're young. Like, it, like they're so for cool. sure. Someone dude. who's 11 when you're nine, they're like, for throw sure. the football further and you're do like, all this dude, stuff. They're and they're like, so rad. This guy's so this awesome. Guy's awesome <laughs> for sure. But then there's also like the downfall of like the, the 11 year old we're taught in regular school. If you're 11 and you're not, well, I get to automatically look down on you because you're not <laughs> right. I get to squash. You are not right. And then I will automatically revere you when you're older, even if you're a complete douchebag, mm-hmm. you know, and our kids mix so much, you know, my, my boy, who's there now and he's in that the youngest studio he's he's just under five 
and uh, you know, he'll come home and be like, okay, so my friend, you know, my friend Cameron, and I'm like, oh, Cameron in your studio? He's like, no, no, older Cam. I'm like, oh, the 18-year-old Cameron, that's your friend, got it, yeah, you know, and they just... And they'll throw them like, hey, Cameron, dude, you're not following the contract right now. You have a five-year-old call out an 18-year-old be like, dude, you're being a douchebag. Like, don't do that. And that's legit. <laughs> and they can legitimately point to it, you know? So um, we just want them to have that experience because the reality is, so I'm 40. And, and if you guys aren't exactly 40, then we shouldn't be hanging out right now. We shouldn't be talking, you know? And what grade does that make right. us? And all that, like, none of that stuff plays out in life. Um, it's only in the school game. You know, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so there is an actual contract that, kids sign oh there's a legit contract they they create the contract and then so at the end of our first we kind of go in these waves of five or six weeks on and then about a week or two off and we kind of go in these at the end of every uh session we do what's called an exhibition so we invite family friends whatever you can see what they've created you can see what they've done we want to hoot holler like support the kids with all the stuff and then at the end of that first session they have a, a ceremony where they go through and sign it the parents make an like take an oath and and they sign a parent contract of basically like i'm here to support you like the the kids and the parents make promises to each other we make a big deal out of it so that we don't have to worry about the, mm -hmm. the drama of it they legit sign the contract um they don't have to but if they don't they don't get to stay mm. so that brings up my next question with the parenting uh totally asking for a friend i promise um <laughs> have you ever dealt with a a student that lives in two separate homes when yeah. one parent's totally on board and the other one's just maybe not so much. hundred percent. Yeah. 100%. And how does, it's how do you guys get, dude. So it's, we got a lot of the, the split, mm -hmm. um, that there is no blanket answer on that either. Mm -hmm. It's, it's tough. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm a big proponent for let's talk early. Let's like get the conversation out of the way. Um, I have told parents you know like hey you're you're clearly not on board with this so either you've got to not be a part um you can't talk about this or you got or we're just this is going to mess up the opportunity for your kid if it's if it's really messing with the way the kid you know handles things and, and it's making the kid conflicted that's the biggest that's the biggest thing and it may end up not working out you know for the family which is unfortunate we've got to have the parents on board they've got to be speaking that same language um, so it does, it ends up being tough. Luckily it doesn't happen too much for the most part, even if the family split, um, the parents are, are usually generally both okay and, and on board there. Um, but if it's, if there's some, if there's anything that's affecting that kid, it, it's going to be, it's going to be a heartache. It's mm -hmm. going to be a struggle. And ultimately it's not good for the kid, you know, and that's what we're looking out for is, is them no matter what. What do so. you think is the, <clears throat> the toughest thing that you guys face? Um, and, uh, you know, how do you maybe dispel some of the misconceptions about your, yeah. about your place, your facility? Um, I have to admit going into that environment and seeing what it was and not having a good understanding of it. Yeah. I'm immediately thinking like religious or cultish or right. any yeah. of these kinds of things. Cause yeah. I've never seen anything like that before. Yeah. So I don't know anything about it. So what yeah. are some of the things that you guys face <laughs> yeah. that are, yeah. are tough that make things harder for you guys? Well, it's hard to get people to join the cult, right? And you, know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, some of the ceremonies, the, some of the it. sacrifices right up front, like people aren't necessarily down. Um, so <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's, What's cool is because we don't have a re religious affiliation, like the the 
conversations around religion are really in depth. The whole time I was there, I was waiting for you to like say something like, <laughs> you know, to get yeah. to sucker here's, me and Steven yeah. into like, you know, going to your church or something. That's hilarious. Yeah. There is no, we, <laughs> we bought the building in Roseville from a church. They still operate out of there, but it's a different. And that's not, what you said in the beginning. Yeah, You're like, like, yeah, don't worry about this stuff. I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. I yeah, know. Sure, <laughs> dude, I get They're going to yeah. club me over the head that's on the way out with a Bible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny, dude. Yeah. No, there's no religious affiliation at all no cultist affiliation god dude now i'm wondering how many people walk in and they think that now yeah right um they come in don't still, worry about that's all, all yeah don't I'm worry sure about these prayers and things it's all good <laughs> <laughs> oh and let's go i'm gonna take you there. here's a podcast room here's the adrenochrome room like, <laughs> right yeah dude no there's none of uh there's none of that going on um the biggest the biggest myth is that because we put academia um what i think is in its place Right. And I'm not saying it's completely irrelevant, but it's somewhat irrelevant. It's moderately relevant, you know, that, that, and because we say college isn't necessary for everybody, that it is a place that then is for somebody who's troubled or somebody who has special needs. And we're saying, no, this is a place where we actually believe kids are geniuses and we actually want them to go out and cry. Like it's literally the, it's the, um, the indoctrination around school. That's really all it is. It's that emotional attachment. If you thought, if you, from a, I mean, religion's a perfect example. If 92% of our population grew up hardcore Catholic and I'm coming in going, I've got a different religion now that means you need to kind of like stop revering the Vatican. Like there's issues there, right? There's pedophilia there. And they're like, yes, we see it. But still my kids need to go to mass. Right. It's you're breaking people from this religion of this is what school looks like. It is 95% of our, of our struggle. And so it's a long tail game of a proof of concept thing. You know, I mean, it really is. And, and, um, I think CrossFit again is kind of a good example that whether you like it, you don't, you love it, you hate it. Like that's irrelevant. The reality is they changed the way people viewed fitness. Some people have done really, really well with it. Right. And then you've got your other businesses that are now having their CrossFit style classes out of it. Right. And it's shifted some things. That's what we're doing. It's the solution. We're going, hey, look, here's a solution. Here's a better way that's more relevant for the 21st century and proof of concept over time. Now it's going to, you know, other schools are going to have to follow suit. Public schools won't. Too much money. So does this this sound right? Like, even though you sell quote unquote school and you sell education, it may not even really be that relevant or important, but yeah. I, but you do need to learn. You need to learn shit. Sure. You need to learn. You absolutely yeah. need to learn, right? There's a difference between education and school. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's the difference. You're always learning something. Right. You know, learning and walk around, you walk around here and learn what you guys are doing. See what you guys are doing. Like that's learning. We have a right. conversation. I mean, that's learning. You tell stories. That's learning. You, grandma tells you a story. You're learning. You get on your bike and you fall down. You are learning. Like you're always, that is just the default state of the human being, you know, is, is learning. But there's a difference between education and school. School implies a very narrow system. We're saying, look, like this is a buffet. You've got all the food available to you in the world. Try it all. Mm. Try all the food. And then when you figure out which one you really like the best, let's hone in. Let's look at all the variations of that. Let's, let's learn to build a life around that because you love that. You want to stay at the dessert bar the whole time? You're more than welcome to. Stay at the dessert bar and make a life around the dessert bar. Dude, that's it, right? Whereas schooling is more about, no, no, no. There's these four foods right here. They're all about as good for you as Mickey D's, and you're going to stay right there. Yeah. 
that's all you get to eat. And then all of a sudden that's going to make, that's going to make life work out. Horseshit. You know, you were saying that, um, like when Andrew was talking about bringing Jasmine in, um, you, you said that you kind of base where or what part like classes that these kids are in based yeah. off of like socially emotional skills. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was curious first off how you kind of judge that, but I was also curious cause people are probably thinking this, like what if my kid currently has bad grades? Do you guys even do grades? Yeah. Um, I'm guessing probably not. Yeah, we don't. So there's a mix of, I mean, grades as in like a through as in a through F yeah. kind of deal, right? Yeah. yeah. So from an academia standpoint, so we'll utilize a lot of open source systems. So things like Khan Academy, Mm. Right. So we know Sal very well and, and Sal's a great dude. And so he's building a very comprehensive network of, of things that you can self-direct your own learning from an academic standpoint. Uh, right. So we'll use Khan Academy. We'll use programs like um, Dreambox, Lexia, all of these kind of self-directed, almost gamified things for academia inherently built into those. You've got to pass. You've got to show mastery, right? Like you've got to pass a certain course. You've got to, sh- you've got to do a test. You've got to do that. We're more concerned about, taking a step back foundationally going, okay, so you're in this particular unit right now. What does your week look like? How do you want to schedule out your week and how much Khan Academy do you want to put in there? And you're like, okay, by the end of this week, part of my goals are I want to get through, you know, three skills in Khan. Cool. Awesome. Let's put down those three goals. When are you going to do that? When are you going to map that out in your schedule? We're more concerned about helping the kids do that. And then at the end of the week, go, okay, cool. Did you did you get to your three skills? You're like, yeah, I actually got four. Cool. So next week, if you want to keep doing that, should we make your goal four? Like, is that right? Or, or was something super easy? Like, what does that look like? Or you're like, no, I got two. Cool. Okay. You got two. Did you set your goals too high or were you dicking around? Were you like, what does that look like? That self-awareness piece. So then next week, how much con do you want to put in there? Right? So we layer in the academic courses like that, mm-hmm. along with the schedule of the Socratic conversations, along with projects from an individual side or a, so this is where we deviate from the grades thing, right? An individual side or a collaborative side. So my daughter right now is working on, um, she wanted to uh, do like an interior design and a, and a home design sort of thing, right? So she worked on a program where she created a virtual design of, of a house and uh, then created a physical model of that same house. And, then wrote something on why she designed the house the way it was, why this is her dream house, why she thought this was like, that was it. If she did her best stuff, she modeled it after, you know, somebody who had done something before her, she did her best work. Who are we to go? Okay, well, let's, did you do like, forget the, you know, the subjectivity of, of a grade, yeah. right? Like she wanted that and she had a time frame in which to do it and have it done so that she could exhibit it too. We get the high stakes of, she knows now her parents, other parents are going to come in and see that work. That's where the feedback really comes in. Forget the A through F. I was going to say, did people real get to, feedback? People get to ask questions. People like, get to come in and like, ask hey, questions. There's like, a, what is, is there this? a hole in the roof? Why did you, <laughs> you do know, exactly? What did you do? Why did you do this? Right? Yeah. And that's real kind of feedback. That's what those exhibitions are for. Yeah. Right. Because that's the way the world works. Your business gets feedback on whether or not you make money and stay in business. Like that's your feedback. You don't get a grade. Right. Your feedback in a relationship works on does my wife stay with me. 
right? Like, it, are we, do we get along? Barely. Right? Barely. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> but that's the feedback. It's not, I don't give, you know, we're coming up on our, on our anniversary this, this month. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, what did I get? You know, she's like, you got a B plus in husbandry this year, you know, and this is like, that's what, you right. know, it, so it's real feedback there. And then the collaborative projects again, that have that exhibition attached to it. Mm-hmm. So that's where we expose them to things that they may not have been. So the, the individual projects they're choosing and going, Ooh, this looks interesting. And we've got, this is where that network comes in handy because we've got hundreds, right? And we just go here, what do you guys want to do? We'll get the materials. Like, what do you guys want? And they're like, Ooh, we'll take this one. We'll take this one. We'll take this one. We'll do our academia in the morning and we're going to tackle our individual projects later um, yeah. and have our time frame. So we know we've got to actually get some shit done because people are going to come see it. And then we're also going to expose them to some other discipline. And that's going to be a collaborative where the three of us have to produce something. Um, and, and again, have that same time frame and a little bit of that real world work sort of mentality of like, Oh, we got a time frame. We got to get, you know, get something out, get a product out. Yeah. What are the, uh, the hours of operation then? So we'll open our, we'll open our doors at eight, um, and kids can come in and do what they want to do. They can get to work. Um, we'll have, you know, different things going on at eight o'clock from, from sometimes yoga, sometimes PE, sometimes they can just play and, and do, yoga. Right, do what they want to do. Yoga. Yeah. I mean, Bro. go in there and, and. And stretch and a lot run by students too. You know, I will have a, had a high school senior coming in and just, you know, doing yoga for all the kids in various classes. So, um, but then the morning meetings for all of them start at nine. And so that literally is a meeting. And again, that's little kids, older kids, everybody in between. They're meeting with their studio. And that starts with a standing up, good morning, shaking hands, learning to look each other in the eye, like, you know, that kind of stuff. And then they'll mm-hmm. jump into a Socratic conversation. Um, they'll end the day at three. Um, but then again, you know, we're open for a while afterwards. So there might be another like culinary class going on. Um, there's various groups that come in and, and rent the facility out and kids can get involved in um, helping those. We've got a lot of political groups that come in and like to use our space because we have a nice a nice space. Um, and we'll have high school kids that will help them run their stuff. And so when people come in, they're like, hey, we'd like to rent out your building for this event. You know, how much does it cost? I'm like, well, what's fair? What do you think is fair? What can you guys afford? And, and they'll say, okay, we can afford this. I'm like, cool. How many kids do you need to help you run all of this, help you run the sound, the AV, the tech? And they're like, okay, we need these two kids. I'm like, cool. So then that money right there, you split it up. That's their pay. You pay them directly. Don't oh, pay wow, us. Man. Pay the kid. Pay that's the kid that's the... out there working. So, yeah, it's cool. How do you deal with uh, people being late or people not showing up? Is that something that's like usually in their contract and the other people just kind of point back to the contract and say, Hey, yeah. that's not the way we behave around here. Yeah. Do the it kids that hold the time, the being late thing, the kids hold, they, they decide that, but they hold that pretty, pretty hard line on that. They'll hold it harder than a lot of times the adults would, you know, they'll hold that and be like, dude, why are you letting them? Maybe don't, you know, don't let you in. Um, <laughs> I mean, you, you really, miss it for the day. They really, you miss it. You miss, miss out on it. Yeah. You miss the meeting. Like you get to, you miss what's going on. And if we have, you know, somebody there as a guest speaker, entrepreneur or whatever, like you miss it, you got to stay out. And if you didn't come, you know, the way we all decided yesterday, we were going to dress in a particular professional way because this person coming in, that's the CEO or whatever, like, and you didn't come in, you came in in sweats, sit outside. I mean, they'll hold those, they will hold those lines. Um, there is no, we don't have the butts in seats kind of thing. So if you want to go on a vacation with the family, like, awesome, go on the vacation with the family. Just do it from a work standpoint of uh, communicate with your team. If we're collaborating on a project, I'm going to go on vacation with my family. I got to let you guys know mm-hmm. because you guys are my partners. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to make sure I'm not screwing you guys over. Right. So it's like, it's just like work. It's a workspace for kids is what it is. Right. Do these kids follow the concepts of weekends? 
Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know how, like, in school, you, you have school Monday through Friday, but yeah. Saturday and Sunday, you have a break, just like work. Yeah. Do, do they do things on the weekend, too? Do you guys have things for them to do, or do they just kind of, like... We don't necessarily have things for them to do. We're not assigning homework. Yeah. But a lot of them will do things on their own, because it's a job, mm-hmm. right? It's their job, and, and a lot of them, the majority of them actually like their job. Like, they mm-hmm. like it. Right. Mm-hmm. The kids actually want to be there. Um, you know, my kids aren't excited for weekends and we've got a pretty, I mean, I'm like, oh, are we hard to live with dude? really mm-hmm. on your little ranch with your horses? You t- <laughs> like, does this suck? Right. And, but they're like, ah, but we just want to be there. You know, so the kids actually like it. So a lot of them will take their projects yeah. home and they'll, they'll do stuff over the weekend because it's just, it's fun. It's part of what they do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which is cool. Wow. Isn't that how we're supposed to build a life? Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like where the, the, the day itself doesn't necessarily matter. We just enjoy what mm-hmm. we're doing and mm-hmm. who we're doing it with. That's the point, man. You've mentioned uh, studios a couple of times. Yeah. What is that? It's a, it's a mixed age. So from a social emotional standpoint, right? If we're talking about these Socratic discussions, five-year-olds are going to have a discussion that looks one way versus obviously a 10-year-old or an 18-year-old, right? And so... There's studios that they start the day with. There's a studio that's got four, five, and six-year-olds. This one's got like seven, eight, nine, maybe ten-ish. This one's got ten. To, so it kind of breaks it up that way. Um, and that's really just for the conversations and for the collaborative projects. Um, other than that, they end up mixing all day long. But it's for those, you know, for those things. One of our, you know, our middle schools last year uh, had a great Socratic conversation around George Floyd. I mean, and that was their idea. They wanted to bring that to the table and they wanted to to say, hey, does systemic racism actually exist? Is this a real thing? And if it is, what do we need to do? Right. So they had a fantastic conversation around that. That's not anything I'm going to have the five-year-olds in. Right. That's not, they're not there yet mm-hmm. um, for the most part. So that's, you know, that's why the differentiation in the studios, but then throughout the day as they're doing their individual projects and stuff, they're mixing you know, they're mixing nonstop. Mm-hmm. And then you said earlier, like, oh, you can't like through life. You can't just say like, oh, I'm going to study this one subject. Like, you know, I can't work that one subject. So do you guys have like a, I guess a curriculum or like, how does that work? Like you can study one subject. I'm saying like life doesn't work in. Subjects, yeah. That's, sorry. Right? That's what I math. meant. You can study one thing, like get at it. So mm-hmm. yeah, they've got, we expect them to do at a certain amount of work, but they can decide what that looks like. Right. Like everybody's doing the, everybody's taking on a collaborative project every five or six weeks. You're taking that on with, with other people you're working on that period. The rest of that, you are deciding what that looks like from an individual standpoint. Do you want to focus all on academia? You can, if you want to do that, you can, we're not going to lecture you, but we're going to teach you how to get open sources and figure that out. So we got kids that take classes through Stanford and BYU and all that kind of stuff right now, because they're signed up through those. So they'll go rent one of our offices out and they'll go in and they'll sit down and they'll take their live classes. You can do academia for sure. You can do that all day long. You can also do some of those individual projects. We have hundreds to choose from. So you can do those and decide, I'm going to do like three individual projects over these five or six weeks. I'm going to do three more on this. Like you decide, right? What that, what does that look like for you? You can mix and match. Um, all of that's cool. The only thing that's not cool is if you act like a douchebag at any point during that, then you got to go. 
or if your parents are douchebags. <laughs> then they, it it probably wasn't do. hard to uh, align with Gary Vee since so much mm -hmm. of what you teach and preach seems like it aligns with him anyway. A hundred percent. Yeah, it was the first time I the first time I chatted with him. He's like, dude, tell me more about tell me more about the school. We were actually on his IG. Um, I'm doing an IG live on his, and he goes, tell me more about this school. Like, what what is it that you're doing? So I explained just a little bit and he, you know, in true Gary Vee fashion, like slams his, you know, slams his hand on the table. He's like, that's a school I would have fucking gone to. Right. Like, <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, man, so it's, it's pretty cool. So, yeah, so we've gotten, um, we did an event last year, uh, the no safe spaces event where we had teamed up with Prager and, and, uh, Dave Rubin and, and some of those guys and, wow. um, put on this really cool event and, uh, Gary gave us a, you know, kind of a shout out for that and kind of did a little promo piece for us. He's like, dude, I wish I had this kind of school as a kid. I wish I had had this kind of event as a kid. Like you guys got to go. So he'd done some stuff for that. And then, uh, he's helping us with a summer project for next summer. We're going to do kind of a, um, almost a reboot of like the apprentice, right? Remember Donald Trump's mm -hmm. kind of apprentice. We're going to do that in the Sacramento area, uh, for teens. And so we'll just bring teens cool. into the Roseville campus, kind of do this like two week, like a, an apprentice camp you know, where they're going to be doing real challenges around that and, and be able to win, win uh, real money uh, kind of stuff. So yeah, he's a big, um, it just makes sense. Like you said, it he aligns. A big supporter, right? Yeah. Yeah. It aligns. I, I like what you're doing because I think that, you know, the schools aren't going to change, you know? Yeah. Um, it, well, even if they did, it would just be hard to get all of them moving in the correct direction. For and, sure. Um, they just have always been the same. America is really strange. It's a really strange place. Like, Shit was set up so good, yeah. Uh, but it was set up a really, really long time ago, yeah. And we haven't changed anything. And Joe Rogan actually did a sketch on it one one time in his uh, comedic routine, where he was like, he was asking people, like, you know, um, he was he was, I guess, he was like one of the guys that wrote the uh, Declaration of Independence or whatever. Uh, and he came back like into the future, and he was yeah. like, so like that, that, you know, what what you guys work on, you know, yeah. with, with the Constitution yeah. and yeah. stuff, and. And they were like, oh, well, we haven't changed anything. He's like, are you fucking kidding me? I wrote that shit with a feather. And I was high as hell, you know? It's like, that's awesome. We just haven't really had a lot of, yeah. It, there was great uh, ideas that were yeah. set up then. And there's a lot of things that, you know, maybe, maybe when they wrote those things, maybe they didn't realize that America was going to kind of get into, you know, quote unquote, policing the world. Sure. And, and but, various things. And so it, it gets to be very complicated on how the hell we're supposed to act today. Yeah. How we're supposed to do things today, even the school system. I would say the school system was set up great for many, many years, yeah. for, for what 20 it, years, 30 for what years. Yeah, for what it needed. Yeah. Uh, the system that my, my dad th went through and a lot of people went through of going to school and then going to college, yeah. it seemed to work yeah. for many Americans. Unfortunately, yeah. it didn't work for a lot of other Americans who were discriminated against, sure. but it, it did work to help build America to a certain extent, to a certain point. Totally. And it just, it's broken. Yeah. It doesn't really work anymore. It doesn't work anymore. Cotton gins works too. <laughs> right. You know, like nobody gives a shit about those anymore. Model T was great. <laughs> now it's, a, you know, like that's it. It only it's, goes 40 miles an hour. That's exactly <laughs> right. So things. Inefficient. Like you said, things change. And so, you know, the, the fact that we're so reluctant to do part of it is a human nature thing. It's the comfortability, you know, thing. You get very comfortable in your complacency of just doing the same thing day in, day out, not pushing yourself. There's a, there's a, you know, you get comfortable. That's part of it. And then part of it is when big money gets a hold of and big politics and big agendas get a hold of anything. And there's a whole lot of money and there's a whole lot of reasons. There's a whole lot of control that's kept because we don't change. Well, shit. 
you know, Pearson's making more than, so like Tom Brady plays for the Seahawks, right? Mm-hmm. He's a football player mm-hmm. for the yeah. Seahawks. <laughs> um, running back, right? So running back. Yes. <laughs> running back. <laughs> You're good, man. You're good, man. You're good, man. Right? So, but... Smack the shit I know. And see, and that's, dude, that's definitely not part of our contract. So we're going to kick you out. We're going to kick you out of the cult. Abuse. We're going to kick you out of the cult. Abuse is part of the cult, but that particular abuse is yeah, not part of the cult. And the giant bruise for caffeine and the mind bullet, they mix together. Yeah, dude, and you're in trouble. Overreacting. Yeah, dude, that's it. Shoot. Uh, hey, it's better than like a leg sweep like, or an arm bar or yeah, something. Good, right? good True. Call. Yes. It could have been, it could have been a lot worse. <laughs> um... <laughs> I don't remember what the hell I was well, saying. Tried oh, no, dude. I was just going to. Pearson, right? That makes all the books. Like, they make the books and then the, the test prep materials for, you know, your tests after. And then your study materials, the tests for the tests that come out of the books and all this kind of. They make all, all of this. They make more money than any NFL team in a oh, given shit. year. Any NFL. They, they trump everybody. Right. Holy By crap. creating all of this kind of stuff. That's what I'm saying. There is no financial incentive for them to change. Why would mm-hmm. they want that to change? Right. And so there's a lot of lobbyists and there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of things pushing to keep things exactly the same. Money's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. So you're right. You know, the, I think one of the big things that is really awesome to me about all of this is the mindset that kids get because it. Um, I obviously, I'm 28, so I have a lot of friends that are around that same age, and it's like they don't have the mindset where... Uh, I guess not doing well at something or failing at something is is an opportunity to learn. Yeah, it's more so when you fail at something, it's like you're you're just not good at it. You're gonna suck at it. Yeah, there's there's really no reason to keep going. Let's switch to something else. Right. And it sounds like all these kids, they're great with criticism. Like when you told me about that nine year old, it's yeah. like I don't think that's your best work. Like <laughs> yeah, you, totally. You tell that to somebody now, they're like. <laughs> An adult, mm-hmm. right? You tell that to an adult now, yeah. and it's yeah, for sure. They're either broken down or they're like, "I hate you." Yeah. You know, like it's one of those. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. It's the mindset. Yeah, and that's it. And so Ray does that whole thing of like, "When or you." learn mm-hmm. right and i was so fired up on this and i'm like, like yeah yeah and he's like and then you win or you win i'm like if you fucking lose and he's like no and i'm like no no i mean you learn like he sucked, <laughs> dude, he sucked me in that whole thing but but that's it it's that learning process that's through through the failure and then just continuing to go for it and again, i like to use sports analogies for a lot of things but basketball too like you start out shooting you suck you're missing everything you start shooting free that you suck you miss you miss you miss and you just keep going until now you make it more than you miss it's literally that easy mm-hmm. not it's it's that simple it's that simple it's not easy but it's that simple it's that same kind of concept just keep doing it and if it's your best work great and then go back and do it better next time how about oh, so actually you mentioned yoga so they do have that but um, yeah. I'm, I'm wondering like i played a lot of sports as a kid like, yeah. is there and is there something intrinsic other than that like that these kids do physically each day or is that optional for these kids i'm guessing how does that work yeah i mean we'll have you know we got the we got the yoga there obviously there's breaks for them to get out there and run around and we have um you know kind of a, a physical education that's more of a fitness you know kind of related program um that's something i want to build out more mm-hmm. though in our new sacramento campus since we're going in and doing a complete redesign of that building um, we're putting a full, we're putting a full on gym nice. in there. Yeah. Which is great. And again, we like to use our facilities to do development for, for adults too. We want that to be used 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 
right for something good and so we're putting a full-on uh full-on gym in there we got bags we've um and actually Smokey hooked us up with the the guy from fuji mats right so we're getting some um you know getting our bags getting our mats in there so we'll have uh we'll be able to have martial arts in there we'll yeah. have um you know get our racks in there we'll have a full kind of a um, full fitness facility in there it's a huge part man it's a huge part yeah uh, and it's not you know it's it's piss poor in in traditional environments you know it's we all know what PE look like, mm-hmm. you know, it's a joke. We actually want to have physical fitness, physical training, get back to, which again was kind of an old school sort of thing too. Yeah. Um, yeah, we absolutely yeah. want to put that in there. And the program that Tim and I are working on too is geared more towards young men. And that's ultimately we want a physical campus around that. And so that will include a whole lot of martial arts, but also include gun, gun training, gun safety, um, hunting, um, wow. all of those kind of things as well. So for the that's young men, crazy. they'll actually do that. So yeah, which is super cool. A lot of oh, go ahead, go ahead. No. a lot of the people that went through the school are yeah. they currently now work for the school? Um, that has yeah, that's happened. We've got mm-hmm. we've got some of those, um, but a lot of our kids that have gone through. I'd imagine school, you would enjoy it and be like, hey, I'm just going to stay uh, here and keep yeah. working. 100. <laughs> percent But some of, we had a lot of them that are landing their dream job. We have right. some that come out and you know we had a girl that came out and her nonprofit was already grossing seven figures. So it was like she's like I'm out. I'll take a gap. You know, <laughs> I'll take a gap year or two. Wow. You know, and I just run my business. Um, and we got some that are going. You know, straight into universities because it makes sense for them. We got some that are going into um, programs like Praxis that are more apprenticeship based. We got some going away with literally everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Yeah, literally yeah. everything. We got a, yeah. a question from the, uh, the the live chat. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna Scar Gar. Hopefully that's pronounced correctly. Don't know what kind of name that is. Uh, but basically, they're just asking like, how do you uh, have like performance indicators? Like, how do you know if a student is thriving or I don't know? They need a somebody to guide them a little bit more. Yeah. How do you know you're thriving in anything, right? We like to measure things and that's one of the yeah, things yeah. in school. That's one of the things that we feel safe with is when we can measure it. But again, when it gets to stuff that really matters, how do you measure how much you love your wife? How do you measure, right? So then what is the definition of, of how do you know they're thriving? If I've got that mom who tells me I have a completely different child at home, they're ridiculously happy. They're taking on more responsibility. They're actually, you know, they're making money in their business they want to go to school every day they're making friends like they're happy so i would say that that's thriving right Mm -hmm. i would say that that's a a thriving thing so again depends on it's the context of what we're talking about if we're just going to focus on academia you're thriving if you're getting better period like you can still measure academia is the easiest thing to measure right Mm -hmm. and so i fully get the questions we get that all the time um, from a project standpoint, is this your best work? And what we do from a very general sense is we give kids, if it's going to be a writing piece or it's going to be, um, you know, an end result of any kind of project, we want to give them as close to a world-class example as we can. And go, look, here is a piece of writing that would be considered a, you know, a persuasive essay, right? And this is a world-class example of persuasive writing. Don't plagiarize it, obviously, but copy the style, copy the format. Right. I'm not like copy that kind of stuff and then and see. And, and that's how you learn. That's how you learn how to write. Right. And so it's and then the next time you do it, you take that and go, OK, how, can I get it better? And you want to give it to your peers. And we have all of these systems in place. But just to just get better. If you are getting better every day, you're thriving. If you're happy in that, you're thriving. If you're productive, you're thriving. You're treating people well. You're thriving. Right. It's what and uh, getting a 90 on a civil civil war uh, history test 
doesn't mean shit. It really. doesn't mean it, it, school is like it means the same thing as whatever score you got at Scandia on your fucking mini golf game. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> it means the same thing. Yeah, right. Like, cool. That's how you played that course, that game. You got that score. You may have paid attention. Congratulations. You may have paid attention in school, and you may have Just enjoyed that particular subject. You might yeah. have a decent memory. Yeah. But does it really show much improvement as a person? Right. You know, and maybe you can start to say, okay, well, if you did nineties all around, yeah, then that means that you are maybe a self starter. Sure. You know, there could be other qualities sure. in there, but sure. do we have to learn stuff that we don't want to learn in order to know that and in right. order to gain an advantage over other people to be a self starter? Fuck no. Exactly. That's unnecessary. Exactly. <laughs> and just because you have academic aptitude doesn't it does not translate to success. IQ provably does not translate to success right. provably like it does not it's all those other things matter so much more your emotional intelligence you know? oh, is probably huge more important because then you just have the ability to communicate with people which is that's it and you've got like you said self-confidence right you've got the confidence to because you've actually done some things you have self-awareness i know what i'm good at i know what drives me i know what makes me happy i know how to build a life around you know seven days a week i can do things that i need to do because mm -hmm. i also happen to like what i'm doing those things are way bigger indicators. So. How about the uh, teachers or instructors or whatever? Yeah, well, I don't know what they're that's, called. Yeah, that's we call cool. them. Yeah, good. We call them guides. Guides, okay. Yeah, the, um, they're they're like the mentors, right? So mm -hmm. they're they're kind of watching. They're um, they're trying to gauge um, kind of the energy in the room. Is everybody having a good time? Is somebody struggling on something? What kind of questions do I need? They actually don't lecture. They don't answer questions they will only ask questions that's one of our rules they don't answer questions right that, so they will only ask questions. Yeah, so hey, what kind what of do you think of, what do you think of this what they say well, what do you think of that uh-huh what do you think of this <laughs> or how could we yeah. how could we figure that out or hmm, what would we so like kids hate me let's for say that this all time. Time. <laughs> for, <laughs> great teacher there. for sure but that's it because it makes them think and have to figure it out so then by the time the the students are older if they've gone through that system they don't even bother asking a freaking like what's the point like that guy's not going to answer it mm -hmm. you know so um, it's way harder to be a guide than it is a teacher because you're having to continuously watch that, um, you know, kind of watch that energy, psychoanalyze everybody. Like, how do I ask this question that gets you fired up and then I ask you in a different way, gets you fired up. And then if things are devolving, who's kind of my sheepdog that's in here that will kind of bring things back? And I, okay, it's Smokey. So, Smokey, what do we do? What do we need to do right now to kind of like, what do you think? What, if we look at the contract and kind of the way these guys are doing, like, what could we what could we do to kind of help fix this? And when, I, and when they say we, they mean you, right? And and so it's like you're this, you're Professor X in the background, mm -hmm. right? So it's hard to find those people because they've got to be, first of all, on board with, from a, from a, a school standpoint, they've got to be like, yeah, dude, this is the way it's supposed to look. But then they also have to be a natural connector with other humans. They actually have to like people. You don't have to like people as a teacher. Right? You just have to like the system. Mm -hmm. um, and so they've got to really connect. That's a DNA thing uh, more than it is something you can teach. Yeah. Is it, really it is. is it hard to maintain a guide? Because I'm just imagining like a uh, somebody who wants to be an educator and they, yeah. fi they find themselves there and they're like, man, what am I like? Screw this. I'm going to go do my own thing now. Like, is it like as far as like their business, like maybe yeah. they became an educator because that's what they went to school for. Right. And then they come here and they kind of all of a sudden see what's happening with yeah. these kids starting their own, you know, yeah. businesses and stuff. And, and then want to go do that. Yeah. Stuff. yeah. I mean, that could, realistically, if they started out as a teacher and then they came to us, it's probably not. I've had so many people that have walked in our doors like, Oh my gosh, 
I've been teaching for 20 years. I've got to be a part of this. I'm like, you just said bad words to me. You just said you were a teacher for 20 years. Like you were involved in the other cult for 20 years. Like, no, dude, this is not going to be the place for you because you're not going to be able to unlearn all of that kind of stuff. You know, so, um, but I encourage, I encourage the entire, like the entire staff is on this mission for these young people. And I also encourage them to, what does that look like for you Long-term, what is your journey long-term? Allie is here and she does media and marketing for us and she's amazing at it. She's also working on being an actress. Awesome. I want you to do both, right? And I'm going to pour into to that. I want them to pursue what we're doing on our mission here. And there's you know, room for them to continue to grow within the organization as well. I mean, mm-hmm. we're making it so that there are multiple things they can do within the organization. And I want them to pursue what they want to pursue outside of that too. And my job isn't to care which way they go. My job is just to pour into them as human beings, just like their job is not to care from the young person. It's to pour into them as human beings and making sure they're growing how they want to do. I'd look at it the same way as the guides look at the kids. I I work with the staff that way. Yeah. And can students get rid of a guide? Yep. How does that work? Um, They're, they are able to um, give that, that feedback anonymously or non anonymously. Um, And, and if, you know, we, this isn't something that's flat out. It's not something that it's going to pertain at our plate. We have amazing human beings and that's not just pandering to my staff. They're awesome. Like that would never happen with web, but that has happened. Um, and kids will have, uh, they have town hall meetings every single, every single week. They can have those town hall meetings in their studios by themselves, or they can have the guide there, right? But they get to choose what that looks like. They'll run the town hall meeting. And if they want a town hall meeting without the guide present and they want to talk through like, hey, the guide is not abiding by the contract and they can give valid things like, hey, look, this is where they're not. This is where they're not. We would ask them to then have the guide and go, look, you're not abiding by the contract here, here and here. We'd like to see this as a, you know, it's kind of a performance review, right? Like we'd like to see you change this and this and this. And if the guide does not do that, then they can bring examples to the owner and just go, hey, look. Here it is. Proof's in the pudding. And and they got to go. The fostering of community in this man is totally insane. I mean, in, in a good way. It's insane sure. in a good way because yeah. it's like all these kids are just learning how to be fruitful members of a small community. Bingo. Which it, it you don't learn that necessarily. Like, right. Especially like in, in normal school, public school, there's always cliques and stuff. Mm-hmm. For sure. And there are kids that you know, are out there and they're not able to be within this and they just do their own thing. And yeah. they're, and kids just don't know how to be a part of a group. Exactly. That's part of the biggest issue. And people will go about, you know, we need school because of socialization. Right. I'm like, cool. Yeah. You can learn socialization in prison too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, you can absolutely learn it there for sure. <laughs> not sure it's the right kind. Not sure it's what you want. There's a reason clicks form in prison too. Cause that's a safety <laughs> thing. Yeah. Right. It's, and same thing that happens in school. These are my safe people. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so that's my rival, that's my rival gang over here. And, and the reason a lot of times those form is because when they're in prison, they don't have a voice too. You're told when to do what, you know, what to do. You're told to do it here. You're told to take a shower here. You got to stay in line here. The most, uh, relevant, I think, um, kind of comparison systemically for what we do with our kids in school from a purely observational standpoint, it is, it's prison. It's that same sort of thing. 
right? And so, of course, all of we these even, clicks uh, are going to We, even, gonna feed, we even feed them the same. And we, <laughs> do we do. We feed them the same. I mean, you feed, you right. feed them, you feed them food that intentionally makes them like sluggish, it slows does. them down. Yeah, that's exactly it. it Passes them out shit. and then slows them down. Low and quality just stuff. Low quality so stuff. So they stop moving around so much. A hundred percent. Right. You're you're lobotomizing these individuals, and so, and then they know they don't have a voice, so they're trying to figure out, well, how do I have a voice then as a human being? And so you do that by bullying, or like we don't have bullying does not exist. Nice. It's not a panacea. Every there's not. I mean, there's kids. There's humans. People will have disagreements. And sometimes the younger kids, until they figure out how to do this, the disagreements can go like little kid disagreements can go, but we don't have bullying and it gets nipped, you know, quick. Mm-hmm. There is no bullying, especially once we enter the gun safety part of it, you know, we'll be all, we'll be Bro, all good. What do you I know said, you're excited about that. Yeah. No, when you said gun, gun safety, yeah. all right, first off, like I've, I've shot, I shot in a rage a few years ago and then my friend got into guns recently. Yeah. And I guess it was my, it was another time I was in the rage and I was like, I was just very aware of the guys around me shooting and it just it i was like damn i could die anytime yeah but but the the other thing was like when we started talking more and this this might be kind of beside the subject um like we were the only two black dudes on that range yeah. it was sacramento gun club yep. and we were the only two black dudes there he has a friend that owns a bunch of guns in roseville went to this guy's house he had, he's a former marine he's okay. a white guy um and he, he started teaching, teaching his kids how to shoot and be uh, comfortable around guns since they were like 10. Yeah. So one of his sons comes out with a shotgun oh, and he just shows it to me. He's like, check this out. And I'm like, oh, oh God. <laughs> and it's just like, it, it's so great that you're teaching these kids not to be scared of guns or you're going to, I don't sure. know what you said. It's not, yeah, not yeah. To be, but you teach them not to yep. be scared of guns and, and how to, how to deal with these things in a, in a, in a civil way. It's, that's something that I wish I learned as a kid. Because when I went to the range, I was legit frightened. <laughs> For sure. Because it was unfamiliar. It was very unfamiliar. Right? We yeah. grew up being told you don't talk about religion, politics, money. Right? So what that's created is a whole bunch of people who can't talk about religion, politics, money. Yeah. Right? It's that same concept. Expose early. Expose often. Mm-hmm. Have the conversation around. It's a real thing. They're not going away. So understand the, the good uses for it, the bad uses for it. Make sure the character of the human being is there. No guns ever killed anybody by itself, right? And make sure the character is, is solid there and, and we'll all be better off for it. Yeah. Yep. That's it. Cool. Where can people find yeah. it and where can they find out more about your school? Appreciate it, man. Um, Acton Placer. So A-C-T-O-N Placer is P-L-A-C-E-R. And you can go there to ActonPlacer.com. You can find Acton Placer on, uh, you know, IG or Facebook, all that. Under mine is my stupid french last name you know just matt <laughs> just matt Bodro and and um the essential 11 is our is our outreach you know podcast and um you know it was honored to have you in there man had a good yeah. time with that anytime i'll um, come back so, on yeah i appreciate it man so yeah then go to any of those spots man get some more info anytime you want to bring some of those kids over here to check out the gym or check oh, out dude. the facility or yeah. you want me to come over there or do something That's or awesome. maybe we can come over there and show them some workout stuff or oh. something it would be fun. Oh, that'd be rad. That'd yeah. be rad. Especially with the SAC campus with the with the gym that we'll have in there. That'd be super fun, man. That'd be amazing. I so, know this guy doesn't look like he works out, but Yeah, you can't tell. He's yeah. gone to the gym a couple yeah, times. It looks like he's been Just there once or twice. Yeah, for sure. Take us on out of here, Andrew. <laughs> Thank you everybody for checking out today's episode. Thank you everybody for uh who was chatting on the live stream. That was really cool to see you guys here. I know it's been a hot minute since we streamed live, so we appreciate it. Uh please make sure you're following the podcast at Mark Biles Power Project on Instagram at MB Power Project on Twitter. We're on LinkedIn, Facebook, and of course, right here on YouTube. Uh, my Instagram is at I am Andrew Z. And Seema, where are you at? Again, you're freaking amazing. Yeah, this was dope. Oh, this was so dope. You. When I have a kid, you, brother. 
is going to this school. Please. Or she. It's at Nsima Inyang on Instagram, YouTube, mm-hmm. at Nsima Inyang on Twitter. Mark? I think one of the best things you said was uh, that, like, if you had a perfect day, that there would be no adults supervising and the kids wouldn't even notice and they would just carry on as normal. Yes, sir. I really like that a lot. Anyway, I'm out of here. Strength is never a weakness. Weakness is never a strength. Catch y'all later.